And when you open it up, the first page, uh, the first thing I see right in the middle is... Uh, uh, you were expecting maybe the Adams Family? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Don Turtle Flakes podcasters. Fred, go, go, go. Get him. Go, 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 go. Good evening, Turtles fans. We are back with another special episode of Turtle Flakes. I'm your host, Joshua Witt, and with me is my partner in Ninja Turtle Crime, Rob Luther. Well, hello, buddy. How are you? I am doing Turtle-tacular. How are you? <laughs> I'm doing great. I can tell by the tone in your voice you're ready for tonight's episode, man. More than ready, man. We are overdue. Yeah. We're sorry. It's been way too long since an episode, so we've got lots of stuff to talk about. Oh, my gosh. And you know what? It's my fault. Most of it's my fault. I- I'll blame Josh for some. <laughs> Just because I don't want to blame <laughs> all on me. But it probably is all my fault. Um, you know, I blame I, you, too. Yeah, well, I got sick. <laughs> I got sick like two weeks ago. Last week, honestly, just work was so crazy and stuff. But we're, we're really going to try. I mean, it's my goal because, uh, Josh, I know you love the show. I love the show. I want to keep it at least at least every other week, you know, crank out an episode. Um, I guess our, our kind of dream was always to do an episode every week. It's tricky, man. It, it, it really is. Uh, but we're back. we got so many good things to talk about. Um, you know, we, we've got an excellent comic book. Uh, well, heck, we need to talk about uh, issue 44 in more detail. But we also have another comic book we're going to be talking about. That's uh, the original series. We're actually back to the classic era of the Turtles. And, you know, so we're going to be talking about Leatherhead, the original Leatherhead toy, uh, which I, I love that figure. I can't wait to talk about that. We're going to be talking about issue 5 of the original comic book. And then we're going to be talking about the season finale of um, uh, season 1 of the original cartoon. So it's, I think it's like part one of the Heroes in a Half Shell storyline. So, oh my goodness. And a lot of stuff we just picked randomly and we were like, hey, this is going to be a pretty good episode. It's pretty awesome. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, yeah. Josh, you should have played it up. you like, oh, it's all my idea. <laughs> <laughs> so, so how have you been, man? It's been a while. It has been a while. Been, uh been really busy but um you know i'm just really glad to get back into the turtles that's been uh life's been crazy but it's always nice to kind of escape to uh getting some comic books and getting some turtles uh yeah turbo tur- turtles wow turbo <laughs> turbo, turbo, turbo turtles <laughs> yes. I think you, dude you just you just created you stumbled upon the greatest cartoon series ever i think i did it's everything in turtles but slightly faster you just you, you have to put in the original cartoon and play it at like two times the speed <laughs> So you can get more turtles in. It's yeah, even the voices. Exactly. Even the voices are a little bit higher. <laughs> <laughs> Master of the Whirling Pizzas. <laughs> uh, yeah. well, I, wonder, no, I wonder what Vernon would sound like. Who? Uh, Vernon. Oh. <laughs> hey, How would you do him at twice, twice the speed? It'd be ridiculous. <laughs> we may have to do that just to see what it sounds like. Oh, yeah. And then uh, burn. Go, 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 go. <laughs> go, 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 go. <laughs> So uh, I did recently get a, uh, my wife wanted to get a projector uh, uh-huh. to do 
movies outside. Uh, we've got a deck outside to a huge projector screen so we could watch oh. movies outside when the weather's getting nice. Cool. When the weather gets nice. So uh, we got to do it once. We watched Back to the Future. It was amazing. Great Scott! Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but um, then the weather got really cold. It actually snowed here a couple weeks ago. What? Which really? was Yeah, we had just a little bit of snow. So we had to bring it inside, unfortunately. But uh, it actually... It was pretty sweet, though. So I've got an 84-inch screen in my living room right now. This huge projector. And when you watch the original Turtles series on the big screen, it's amazing. Really? Oh, my gosh. It's just, it's awesome. So, like, the Turtles are, like, almost as tall as I am. (laughs) It's like... It's like, I'm kind of intimidated. Yeah, it's pretty cool. And then April, April's just huge because, you know, she's always taller than the Turtles. But uh. (laughs) It's like April was towering above me, man. I didn't even know what to think. And then, especially in this episode, right, with the uh, the amplifier molecule amplifier circuit that Crane yes, gets. Yes. Yeah. Uh, the, uh, the, yeah. This this episode, it's got um uh, the one we're going to be covering today is what when Crane gets his robot body for the first. Oh time. yeah. Yeah. This uh, is this monumental uh, episode. Yeah. There's a lot of firsts in this one. So yeah, and and this is one we just randomly picked. Well, I I, I don't know if it was randomly. I think we're trying to go in order, but I think we messed up on the comic front. But we'll talk about that later. Yeah. <laughs> it's all Rob's fault. Uh, story of my life, I know. <laughs> yeah, uh, well, that's awesome. So, with the outdoor screen, are you now? Do you have your own sound system hooked up outside too, or is it all just through the projector? Uh, the projector has a sound system, but I decided to buy some um, better speakers. They got uh, at Best Buy. They've got this uh, Klipsch speaker set. It's like THX certified. Wow. Um, yeah, it was, it was like 150 bucks, which I've got a sound bar in my main TV that costs more than that. So it's actually for what you're getting, it's really not that bad. But oh my gosh, like. It was just amazing. That like, makes for killer parties right there. Oh, yeah. Well, in video games, too, right? Oh, Ma- yeah. yeah. Mario's, like his, Mario's like a foot tall. He <laughs> <laughs> can awesome. jump about 20 feet. <laughs> yeah. And we uh, we actually, the other night, we actually watched the new 2014 film on Blu-ray on it, and it was awesome. Really? Oh, man. Oh, man. It was sweet. Like, I, I'm holding out to watch the original movie on the big screen. Oh, you got it. Yeah. to. Oh, man. Well, I'll tell you what, man. If, if I ever come your way, you know, we got to do it. Heck yes. Yes. It, you, you bring know. the pork rinds. Right. <laughs> pork rind. <laughs> pork rind. <laughs> oh, man, that'd be amazing. You know, if, if that ever, I'd love to love to kind of meet up with you sometime this year, man. We, we got to do it somehow because I've met a uh, couple people from the network, but, you know, you're the, you're the one guy. I mean, you've been there since the beginning and stuff. I, we've never met yet. We've never, you know, never even kind of found a halfway point. So it's got to happen soon, man. We'll, we'll make it happen. We, halfway we to. to half shell. Yeah, we need to make our own cartoon based on this. We totally should. Yeah, yeah. Turtley. <laughs> Turbo Turtles in the Half Shell. Oh, I like it. I guess before we get into anything else, we are the v- recording as of today. We're recording on the very last day of April. Uh, by the time you hear this, it'll probably be, you know, uh, first week in May, you know, after all the editing and all that stuff. But um, this week in Ninja Turtles history, let's see, issue 10 of the Archie Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles uh, Adventure Comics was released way back on May 1st of 1990. And I actually, well, I don't remember when this issue came out, but I actually have this issue. And first of all, May 1st, 1990, it is hard to believe 1990 was 25 years ago. Wow. Can you believe that, man? We're getting old. We are getting old. Because I remember 1990. I remember Ooh. 89 and 90, like my, my earliest memories around those years. Possibly back in my day. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, back in my day, we only had eight bits for our video game system. <laughs> we had to blow in our games before they'd start out. Yeah. <laughs> if you got the red screen, you had to try again. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
So apparently in this issue, uh, I actually had it. So I, I was digging through. I kind of had like a nice uh, retro day. This See, my, I have uh, Mondays off, and I just got on a turtle kick Monday, and it was amazing, man. I did absolutely nothing. No chores. Oh, it was great. Dude, I'm jealous. I know. It was one of those days that, you know, where truly I did absolutely nothing but plopped on the couch, had a glass of ice water, man, and just I read probably a good 30 comics that day. Wow. Yeah, yeah, and I was on a roll. But anyways, I went through all my older comics that I had, and I didn't realize how many Archie comics I had. I must have 30 of them out of the, I think there's... 50 that were in the run and they act art the archie series went on pretty far into the 90s started off in i think 87 maybe maybe 88 um and uh worked its way up to the the i think 94 and and man there's some good comics are very well written you know definitely the art style looks like the original cartoon but there's some pretty not adult themes but pretty mature themes as far as you know uh like global warming pollution things like that Wow. Um, and in this one, uh, this issue 10, um, it was plotted by Dean Clarain, I guess, and Ryan Brown. It was written by Dean Clarain, inked by Dan Berger, and lettered by Gary Fields, and colored by Barry Grossman. And um, let's see. Um, the plot was that Bebop and Rocksteady, they pour some kind of purple ooze in the sewer that mutates a, uh, the word was planaranian, or planarian, flatworm, and a cockroach. And while the flatworm stays in the sewer, the cockroach somehow ends up in the sub Now, this is where it gets weird. Cockroach ends up getting out of the sewer somehow, ends up in the sub-sub-basement of what looks like some kind of skyscraper in Manhattan. And what's weird is Shredder's actually in this skyscraper talking to Krang when the exterminator shows up. Okay, it's already kind of weird because, like, where's the Technodrome? All right? Right. Shredder, who apparently, according to this issue, hates cockroaches, tells the exterminator to exterminate every last one of them in this back room. It's like a boiler room. So the exterminator goes in there, uh, and he goes by the name of the Roach Buster. Uh, he ends up uh, getting bitten by this mutated cockroach that, uh, that's come from a hole in the floor. Anyways, the mutated cockroach guy, the exterminator guy, and the mutated worm end up fighting in the sewers over who's going to eat the Ninja Turtles. And then Leo gets the idea to blow them up uh, with some kind of ruptured gas pipeline and voltage from a power mass. So pretty much <laughs> it's one of those weird issues because Leonardo killed them. Those two mutants are dead. <laughs> really? Yeah. I mean, he wow. blew them up. I mean, I assume they're dead. I don't know. It's kind of dark. Yeah. But, uh, you know, the moral of the story was, you know, the, ver- the very beginning he of the issue. You messed with Donatello. Yeah. <laughs> oh, That's the real moral. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Forget the, uh, you know, pollution. But yeah, yeah. The moral of the story is, you know, look what can look what can happen when stupid Bebop and Rock City uh, pollute the sewers with that. I guess I don't know Dimension X mutagen. Be careful. Yeah, yeah. So, so that yeah. Apparently that issue that was issue ten. Um, I'm looking at it right now, and I have to say, for the Archie comics, I love the artwork, man. The cover is really, really detailed. It's got this huge like cockroach guy. Uh, and this huge looking, it's supposed to be that flatworm, but it's, oh, it's got like a tongue inside it that has teeth inside the tongue. I don't know. It's, it's gross, but it's awesome. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that, that came out. So, yeah. So that's what happened about 25 years ago, according to Ninja Turtle history. Wow. Yeah. I haven't really gotten into the, uh, Archie series very much yet. Like oh, do it. I, yeah, I thought it was like all kid stuff, but I was like, it's turtles. It's cool. I'm going to get it. And, yeah. uh, 
I just I've only picked up a couple, but the one uh, the few that I did, uh, I saw one of them. It was just a really sweet cover, and I was like, mm-hmm. I'm gonna buy this one. And I think I I might have picked up two of them, but I was just at a, a comic book shop back uh, in Ohio near where my parents live. They just had a box of comics, you know, really cheap random comics. I'm like, oh, there's turtles in here. It's Archie. They're usually not worth a ton. Um, they, I think it was like three or four bucks an issue. And I was like, oh, I'm going to get this one because the cover is really cool. So I buy it, buy a couple of them. And then uh, later that night I get home and I open it up and there was actually a signature on the inside cover. Oh, I remember you saying that. Yeah. yeah what, crazy. I wonder what issue that was. Um, I'll have to look. I don't have it with me right now, but the, I just remember the cover being really, really cool. Um, I want to say it was one of the earlier ones, but um, I'll have to check on that. Yeah. yeah it's it yeah. awesome though. Yeah. Yeah. But hey, you should put, uh, post a photo of it because um... – Man, I love some of those early Archie ones. And, uh, you know, that's a funny thing. I, I actually got them all not when I was a kid. I remember them as a kid. Um, but I got them all a long, long time ago. I want to say it was, oh, gosh, like it was right when I graduated high school or maybe, maybe even my senior year because I got – I kind of – I talked about it like on the first episode, I believe. There was a point in time in my life where it's not that I got completely out of the turtles or anything like that. I just didn't – it was kind of like a lull time. I wasn't really – I still love the Turtles, but I wasn't really following the comics during you know the image era stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I had like a kind of a renaissance. you know, Right around the, when the fourth volume had just come out in like 2000 or 2001, I started kind of getting back into it again and really kind of missing it and loving the new series. So I think it was when eBay was getting really popular in like 2001 or two, and I just searched up Turtle comics. And – there was a huge lot of Archie comics, like a good 20 or 30 of them. And it was, I mean, they were a steal. It was like, um, for all 30 comics, I remember it being like 20 bucks. So, wow. and, they, and they were all, um, they were all boarded and, uh, had the plastic on it. So I was like, yeah, I'm buying these. And, um, I, I don't think I read all of them. I bought them all just for the artwork pretty much, but I don't think I read them all. I, I read the first, like maybe 20 issues, but like I didn't read where the Mutanimals came into the series, like, and then they ended up doing their own spinoff series. And what's kind of cool is, I think last month was a, another like side series of the Mutanimals. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Up, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's cool to kind of see that all these years later. And that actually, I, th- I don't know if it was in the original series, but it was certainly in the um, Archie series. So, anyways, yeah, I. There's some good issues from what I remember, um, and Jim Lawson was actually played a role in I think the first four or five issues. So uh, yeah, good stuff, man. That's awesome. You know, I I wish we could actually do like a sideshow where we could just talk about the Archie comics because there's so many of them. They're so good and kind of humorous. It's just like a, watching an episode of the original cartoon. Um, That's I, pretty sweet. We'll, we'll have to. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe clear our schedules of other projects one day and just go for it. You know? Yeah, I feel like they're kind of overlooked. They are. They are. No yeah. one talks about them. And really, you don't see a lot of information about them either. Um, like, I was actually searching up more information about this particular issue for the segment, and there's a few paragraphs, but that's it. That's it. And I don't really know anything about the writers. I'd love to for us to get some of the writers on the show after we read the the issues, man. That'd be amazing. We gotta That'd do be it. sweet. Yeah. Definitely, man. Yeah, let's do it. Hey, we got years and years worth of content to talk about. <laughs> yes, <laughs> we're gonna like we're gonna well, be really old by the time the show's over. I don't think we're ever gonna finish because you know I've watched most of the first season of the new animated series, but they, oh, yeah. they just keep coming out. You know? Oh, I know, I know. It's it's, it's like uh, like halfway through the third season already, and it's like whoa. I've not. I don't even know if I've watched the first episode of the third season yet. Yeah, I think I'm only part of the way through the second season. Yeah. Myself. 
Yeah. I don't just... even remember the uh, cliffhanger for the second season, so I think I'm with you. Yeah, there's just like so much, but hey, that's that's awesome. That just shows how much the uh, the turtles are alive and kicking. Oh, I know, I know. Speak, you know, speaking of that, before we get into the pickups, man, we got some like you know we we definitely talked about it in the last episode, and I don't want to beat a dead horse, uh, but you finally got to read the issue forty five of the IDW series. So, um, you know, what did you think after reading it? You mean forty four? Or, uh, yes, I'm sorry, 44. <laughs> yeah, well, no, 45 actually just came out yesterday, um, and I'm going to talk about that real briefly. I'll try not to give too many spoilers, but now that you've finally read 44, what's your whole impression of everything? Um, I, you know, it was a little jarring coming into it because I'm, I'm not that far into the series. I think I'm at maybe, I don't know, issue 10 or something, which I love this series, by the way, but oh, just yeah. skipping all the way up to 44. I was like, <laughs> I hate to do this, but, you know, I got to know what's going on, right? That's exactly so, how I um, felt, yep. Yeah, so I started reading it, and then right away, it's like straight into the action. So it's I feel like it's, well, it's part four of the, um, what is it, Attack on the Technodrome? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, so it's a little jarring coming into it. There's a lot going on, but um, great issue, uh, ton, tons of action. And you've kind of got two different storylines going um, with the um, three turtles together and then Donatello off on his own. Right, uh, right. Which was uh, kind of interesting. Um Usually you kind of picture either uh, Michelangelo or Raphael on their own, mm-hmm. um, but, you know, Donatello is, which is kind of cool. Uh, I was surprised at uh, – I, I feel like the artwork is a lot different in this one, the style, than some of the earlier issues. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I know the, the first arc uh, was Dan Duncan, and then another guy, uh, Matt, Mattias Sanaloco, I'm probably saying that name wrong, he did like um, – the second two story arcs, and it was completely different art style. Still, still really good in its own right. It's just different. Yeah, so I was, I was just like really thrown, like totally different story in the middle of a thing, and in the middle of a, a story arc, and then uh, different artwork. And I kept looking at the turtles and thinking for a second, I was like, "Am I looking? Is this the animated series comic?" <laughs> and like, I kept on thinking that. I think it's just because I don't know um, the shape of their heads and the, how colorful the bandanas are. It kept on throwing me, but. Um, but it's definitely not by content, though, because it's really uh, pretty violent. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, and we already kind of talked about it. And say if you still haven't read issue 44, uh, we're going to reveal the end. So you might want to skip over at least uh, – well, I'm going to talk about 45 a little bit too. So skip over that, like, about 10 minutes. But, um, yeah, the end of 44, you know, Donatello, it certainly seems like he's dead. I mean, based on what the characters say, how they react. I mean, the poor turtle got a shell crush by uh, Bebop. I mean, come on, you're not gonna live through that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that was it was really dark. You know? right. I wasn't expecting it. Right. So, I mean, we've already kind of established the fact that he's dead, or it's sure it seems that way. But I think the real question you and I had in the last episode we talked about this is: is he dead for good, or is he dead for a short amount of time? Is he dead for a long amount of time, then eventually comes back? Um, what do you think? I think he definitely has to come back in one form or another. I agree. Um, that's that's kind of my my take on it. Originally, I thought maybe he would become Metalhead, but Metalhead was in this issue, right? And he seems to have survived. So I'm not really sure. It kind of made me think of uh, of actually issue five that we're we're going to be talking about of the original series. Oh, Fugit- I know where you're going with this. Yeah, Fugitoid. Yep, that's yeah. exactly what I was thinking. So yeah, I mean maybe maybe his. Uh, I don't know, his mental uh, essence or whatever ends up getting put into some kind of uh, cybernetic organism. <laughs> <laughs> his CPU is a known that processor, a learning computer. 
well, you know, that's funny you mention that because um, prior to f- issue 45, okay, l- let me back up a little bit. Um, this is just my opinion on the matter. If, if you're going to, I mean, you, you hit the nail on the head. You can't kill off Donatello for good. I mean, he, come on, he's one of the four turtles. It just, it does, it, I don't think it can happen. Um, it just wouldn't feel right to be the Ninja Turtles without him in some form or fashion. Well, I was kind of hoping that Donatello would take some time, like we would get a break from Donatello so that we would really, really kind of miss him because I always kind of get aggravated at um, comic books, especially in the 90s, that uh, would kill off a core character only to bring him back in the next issue. You know, it's kind of like a sales pitch, you know. Mm -hmm. For that reason, I didn't want to just be kind of taunted by that you know oh hey you know we killed him oh but he's back in the next issue you're good just kidding yeah just kidding he's still, he's still alive. <laughs> i didn't want to be swerved just for the sake of swerving so well i was kind of hoping that he would you know we would get a break from him, or at least maybe i don't know see him in a different realm well here's some more spoilers for you man as far as what i've read i've not read the actual issue of 45 yet um but i've read articles based on it um we still get like at the beginning of the issue we still get uh donatello's psyche i guess he's like he's wandering it's almost like a dream realm or but not like dream realm like the next mutation not not that crap (laughs) not that not that although there are some striking similarities because uh donatello you know he he's pretty much he's following this light he kind of wakes up days in this kind of dream realm and he's he's starting to walk this path towards this light the path oh oh don't get me don't get me there (laughs) (laughs) i'll start crying on the spot (laughs) i'm like the poor cat (laughs) um but he's starting to head towards it and then all of a sudden a voice kind of breaks his concentration says uh uh, donatello don't go towards light yet you're not done here yet and we find out that splinter is talking to him or met i guess in this deep meditative state trying to reach out to Donatello, you know, who keeps walking towards the light. I really don't know what happens, though. I don't know if that's where issue 45 ends or, or not. I have no idea. But at least what I like about it, it sounds horrible, but I like the fact that Donatello is still dead, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I want him to be dead for a while. You know, I, I, I don't want to feel kind of cheated because I think that makes for good character development. For him being gone for a while, you know, I'm about to read an email that uh, our buddy Mike from uh, Geekcast Radio sent, and I think he makes a great point that IDW is doing a great job developing our core characters. I mean, you know what? Let me read that right now because it, it kind of leads into what I'm trying to say, except his is way more to the point. <laughs> okay. So he sent us a really good email, and here's what he said. He says, hey, Josh and Rob, I wrote this back when you released your episode about the news. So – I've just heard the most recent episode, through the news, and you guys are discussing the death of Donnie. In the podcast, you ask, can the series go on without Donnie? Well, first off, I don't think he's dead, or I'm hoping against, or I'm hoping against hope that he isn't. If you look at the IDW series as a whole, beginning to current for the past year, you can check out Joe Reed and I spoiling the heck out of the store every storyline, and then he gives a link, and I'll definitely put that link in the show notes and when you want to hear it. It says... The series has always had one turtle or another in a dangerous situation. Look how it started out. Raph wasn't even on the team. He he was lost. Then the entire thing was Shredder and Leo and all that. 
Oh, yeah, that's when uh, uh, Leos actually fought alongside Shredder. Oh, by the way, Josh, no, I'll shut up. Let me just finish this email, then I'm going to talk about that. The only turtle that hasn't been emotionally affected too much is Mikey. By this, I mean that he hasn't been put in a perilous situation yet. So while I'm shocked that they killed Donnie, and he puts killed in quotes, I'm not really shocked that they have done something like this, because the story is so organic, it grows as the characters grow. All right, guys, I'm going to get the shell out of here. Loving the podcast. Keep up the good work. But please, <laughs> please, no more next mutation. Please. <laughs> uh, Dude, so, I've been saying the same thing. I, I know. Well, it's not my idea. <laughs> Don't you put this on me. No, that's all, that's all you, Hoser. Oh, yeah, get out of here. Um, no, but Mike makes a, a, some really, really good points. I think, I think um, the character development of the series is so good. So good. Because we're seeing the Ninja Turtles in a different way. You know, like he mentioned, first... Gosh, four or five episodes, Raph's not even with his brothers. You know, so there's character development right there. You kind of see Raph and how he responds to being alone. Um, later on in the series, this is this is one, I don't know if you've read these, Josh, but, um, oh my goodness, uh, when Leo fights for Shredder, um, I, can't, I can't remember the name of the witch, uh, Kitsune, I guess, um, kind of gets in Leonardo's head. And hypnotizes him into thinking that Shredder is his master. Shredder's the good one, and Splinter's been the evil one all along. And the artwork in these dream images, it really makes Splinter look like such a bad guy. And he's not. Hmm. Uh, so Shredder turns Leo against the group. Oh, it's so good, my friend. It, oh, it's good. Oh, that sounds crazy. Oh, I th- and it's like issue 10 or 11. Um, definitely check it out, man. It's crazy stuff. And then now we've got our third turtle, Donatello, going through this. So, boy, good character development, I, I, I must say. Something traumatic has happened to three out of the four turtles now, so we're just waiting for some major to happen to Mikey. Like, he runs out of pizza. Oh, my gosh. Oh, man. Oh, jeez. What's he going to be the master of? <sighs> Whirling Nunchuck? Uh, that's all right, uh... I guess. So, uh, so yeah, so that's, um, you know, our thoughts, um, our quick impressions on uh, issues 45, or 44 and 45. Um, I can't wait to actually read it, and we'll talk about it in more detail later on. So, Hoser Josh, have you had any Ninja Turtle pickups lately? I have, um, mainly focused around the comics, which uh, the first one I guess I'll talk about is because we were just talking about it a second ago, was issue number 44. So um, I um, I did get that. I've got a subscription deal at my local comic book shop. Um, and so they put all anything Turtles related in my box. So I, I heard about issue 44 and I was like, oh man, we gotta uh, I got to go over there and make sure that they held it for me. Which, of course, they did. Uh, but my my wife actually went, uh, she was worried about it for me. So on, on lunch at work, she went to a different comic book shop close to her work. And she stopped over there and said, hey, do you have any issue 44? And they're like, nope, we're completely sold out. Wow. We're actually about to order more of the third reprinting of it. Third? Uh, oh, my goodness. I, yeah, which I, I know they've done two. I don't know if they misspoke or if they did actually do three, but they've done a couple of reprintings of this. So I wouldn't doubt um, it. Yeah. So uh, she's like, nope, they don't have any. All they have is uh, they're going to be getting reprints. And so uh, the next day we went to the comic book shop, and they had a nice stack of Turtle uh, turtle comics for me. And hey. issue, <laughs> issue 44 was in there. And the guy that was uh, at the register said, yeah, um, here you go. Here's your stack. He's like, yeah, you got that issue 44 in there. He said, uh, I just sold mine on eBay for 40 bucks. 
Wow, no kidding. Wow. So, uh, yeah, I checked, and um, the first printing of issue 44, they're going for about $40 a piece. Wow. So uh, they're pretty uh, pretty valuable, I guess. So I, I, I wonder if now I wonder if now that Donatello is, like, back in the series already, in some form or fashion, you know, if, if the prices will go down. I'm thinking they might. You know, it's... Because if he comes back in the next issue, it's not really as it big takes, of a deal. Exactly. It, it yeah. takes a lot away from it. Yeah. So yeah. it will be interesting to see what they do. Right. Um, so I've got I got issue 44. Uh, I got several issues of the the Nickelodeon series. Oh, nice. Uh, I got the issues one and two of the Mighty Mutanimals. Oh, you got those? Yeah, I got those. Oh, you hoser. You got to let me know I, how they are. Yeah, I haven't read them yet. Um, and then I got the... Looks like issue two of the Ghostbusters. Are they <gasps> Ghostbusters Turtles crossover? Oh, nice. I don't, are they finished with that yet? I th- I want to say they are. I think it was like a five issue thing. Okay. Yeah, I, I, sure I, I believe they're done. Unless they're still going, I'm not sure. Oh yeah, two and three. Um, and then uh, man, I love when I'm going through this. You know, they they just they take whatever they have and throw it in the box for me. <laughs> I always get excited when I get an Eastman cover. Uh, you know, oh yeah, those are, those are my favorite. Yep. Oh man, is it just me? Like, let me ask you this, because you know, we're, you and I are pretty well acquainted with his artwork. Obviously, like covering a lot of the old comics. Is he your favorite artist? Uh, yes, absolutely. Really? Yeah, because you know, one thing I really like about Kevin Eastman, of course, his action scenes are amazing. But do you ever notice how much attention to detail he? he oh yeah, puts he, he goes issues? nuts. Oh my yeah. goodness! Like especially the issue we're going to read. You just look at some of the background scenes. It's like my goodness, that must have took him hours and hours to just draw one panel. Yeah, it's. I, th- I would say it's between him and Jim Lawson. Yeah, well, see, Lawson's a lot like him. That that they they have some similarities to him. Uh, and I, and plus, I like Lawson's kind of writing style as well, of course. Um, but yeah, I could I could definitely see. That's an excellent choice, man. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. So there, there are four of the Ghostbusters ones, and I do have them all here. Oh my goodness, nice. Yeah, I, yeah it, there's, it was a stack. It was a little, it was a little uh, painful to pay. Oh yeah. Because it, it had been a while, so there was a stack there for me, but uh, totally worth it. Oh man, <laughs> I got the Eastman cover for number forty-two. It's pretty oh, sick. Okay. Man. It's, it's got uh, Shredder, uh, you know, with all of his armor, and then a bunch of foot soldiers in front of him. Uh, it's just, it looks oh. sweet. Nice. Um, and then uh, I ended up picking up the 2014 annual. Oh, I got that one. That's a good one. I was a little confused, you know, um, so because I thought I, I saw it. It's a 2014 annual, and I'm looking at the cover, and it looks like they got the, uh, you know, the the thing from Turtles Three that makes them go back in time. Oh, the the scepter. Scepter, yeah. Oh, the thing that we we uh, had. Yeah, yeah, dude, the, the the thing you found. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah remember that yeah. yard sale, and uh, yeah. I kicked you into the portal, and uh, we met oh, the two yeah. dudes. Mm-hmm. Those <laughs> Good old. times. So yeah, I see the the scepter on the front of this, and it was weird because I was like, I know I have an annual mm-hmm. already, but I don't remember seeing that scepter. Huh. So I'm wondering if the other annual I have is either for a different year or is a different cover, but it kind of threw me because I picture an Eastman cover with Shredder on it. Yeah. Now that okay, maybe I, that's the thirtieth anniversary thing. That's I think that's what I'm getting confused. You know, the an, the 2014 annual and then the thirtieth anniversary of the they weren't the same thing, were they? No, they weren't. I didn't think so. Okay. Yeah, I'm, and I think I'm, I'm guessing I have another annual or something because it just it threw me because I'm like I could swear I had this, but I don't recognize the cover. But uh, it is different, so I I picked it up and looked through it, and uh, you know it's it's definitely a different story. And actually, it's funny. 
you see the uh, uh, the scepter on the front, and when you open it up, the first page, uh, the first thing I see right in the middle is uh, uh, you were expecting maybe the Adams family. <laughs> I'm sorry. Nice. That, that was a little Corey Feldman line from that horrible movie. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, uh, second time around. Oh, cool. Uh, yeah. So I was like, oh yeah, definitely. I don't re- remember seeing that. So April's uh, uh, April's antiquities. I like it. So I think that's uh, pretty much it. Just a bunch of Turtles comics. Uh, the projector, of course, which. It's kind of Turtles related. Oh, uh, I did pick up two other Turtles comics. Oh, my gosh. Uh, uh, whenever I see a new comic book st- shop that I've never been to, I try to stop there and look through their uh, their old issues of Turtles. Mm-hmm. Just to, you know, just in case they yeah, uh-huh. have an issue one, you know. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I picked up uh, the original series, uh, Tales of the TMNT. Ooh. Uh, number six from 1988 uh, for $4. Nice. That's a, Wow, and, that's not bad. I know, right? And like, I'm like four dollars is like when you think about it, it's like 1988. This thing is like almost 30 years old. Yeah, yeah. Um, condition, crazy. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, what uh, what issue was it? Uh, number six. Six. Okay, because four was the Rat King issue. I can't remember six. You know what? Five was five the debut of Leatherhead. Because I know he was. Uh, um, I, I know he was in. Uh, his debut was in the Tales of the TMNT, the first volume. In this number six on the cover, there is a crocodile in the suit. <gasps> Dude, you might. I bet you you have that one. That might be what it is. I haven't opened it yet, but. Oh man, that's that's the Leatherhead debut right there. Yeah, I guarantee. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so jealous. Um, and then I got the uh, Eastman and Laird uh, number uh, Color Classics Volume Two, uh, number six. That's so very nice. uh, that's Return to New York book number two. I don't. I think I have that in one of my collection books, but I didn't have a you know one of the loose actual uh, issues of it. So. Um, yeah, though that was cool. Always trying to uh, complete those. Yeah, so. what's cool about the Return to New York series too is uh, that's when um, Eastman Laird came back on to kind of finish up the series because you know the series kind of blew up obviously uh, when the toy line and the cartoon came out, and you know the the demand for the comics were so strong that they of course they had to add more writers. So you know I think by like issue twenty or something like that, Eastman Laird were kind of just writing part-time, and then there were so many other kind of guest writers that would come in and kind of take the reins for a little while, and then finally, um, you know, Eastman Laird kind of came back and brought some consistent consistency and continuity of the series, and they started off with the uh, Return to New York saga, or story arc, which turned out to be one of the best of the first volume, so that's a gem right there, man. Cool. Yeah. And you know what I got for my pickups? What's that? Issue 44. Nice. That's it. <laughs> well done, sir. You know, did you, I, did you get a hard copy of it? Uh, yeah, I got one. Uh, that was in uh, my bin. Uh, I, I've been um, money's been kind of a little tight this uh, this month. With uh, you know, I had to take my dog to the vet and everything, and that ended up being like three hundred some bucks. I was like, ugh. <laughs> so uh, I said, Cookie, you're killing me. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, that that was it. Uh, I gotta really check the bin because I'm sure it's pretty stocked full now. Uh, but I'd like to get the mutanimals mutanimals. Um, issues uh one and two like you have uh and um i think i've got every issue now up to 44 i believe i, I think i'm missing a couple of the um oh gosh uh the big storyline uh city fall um issues i think four or five of those i'm missing but uh other than those i think i'm all caught up nice yeah so that's it so should we uh get to the toy talk 
We should, but really quickly before yeah. we do, are are you are you on your computer? Are you logged into Facebook right now? Um, I, I can be. Let me go. Okay, ahead. get back in there. Why? What's up? This is, this is regarding issue number forty-four. Okay. Before we before we close out on that, I wanted you to take a look at this picture. So, uh, I just I just posted <laughs> something and tagged you. Now look at that picture. <laughs> totally a gerbil. Totally looks like a gerbil. So what we're talking about here. <laughs> is uh what's the page number i don't see a page number on this <laughs> issue number 44 there are no page numbers you will find it if you have issue 44 just go in a couple of pages let's see one two three <laughs> four five six seven by page seven i i also gave you my verdict just now yeah <laughs> gerbil this is a profile shot of splinter and he has absolutely no neck oh yeah man he's been pigging out I mean, he, uh, he looks like, yeah, he looks like he's been on a straight diet of, like, Rocky Road for, like, three years. <laughs> he is so chubby, he looks I like know. a gerbil. I've never seen him like that before. That is a fat version of Splinter right there. And it's funny, the panel right above it, it's like looking down on him, it looks totally different. Really? So, yeah, yeah, like, um... I wonder who drew this issue. I can't, I can't remember. That's that's what I was talking about with the artwork completely throwing me. It was just really weird. <laughs> I just, I can't get over uh, that picture here. I'll, I'll post. Yeah, Chubby Splinter, right? The gerbil, <laughs> gerbil Splinter. I just, uh, uh, I don't know. Funny. Well, Isn't you know, that weird. Yeah, yeah. You know what it is? Is you know he likes his reality TV shows, and I'm sure he doesn't really kind of work out as much as he used to. Uh, and you know, times are tough, well, I guess. <laughs> I bet he uh, he probably he's probably watching too much QVC uh, and yep. like a cheese wheel, you know. <laughs> He orders it. He starts eating. Then he gets hooked on the Bachelor. And oh uh, yeah, yeah, it's a big one right there. The rest is uh, the rest is history. Although yeah. we, didn't we? Uh, wasn't he into like chocolate or something? There oh, was, I think was, so. There was something yeah. he liked. Yeah. Oh yeah, that was in uh, Volume Four. I remember because uh, was it Shadow? He was. Uh, I don't know. Like Shadow had left the room or something like that, and he's he's like watching his soap operas and eating cookies. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I just posted the the frame above and tagged you in it. Okay. Let me see. Let me take a look at that one. Wow. Yeah, he does look different. Yeah, like that's very that's, skinny there. Yeah, that's like a normal picture of that. We need to do it before and after. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, how much time do you think passed? <laughs> <laughs> I need to lose about a hundred pounds of going in the splinter diet. Right. Right. It's it's uh, gonna be the, the next low carb. Yeah. So it's gonna um, be fad. Yeah. So for those of you listening, I'm going to post this on our this gerbil splinter on our Facebook page so everyone can see it. That's right, and you can decide whether or not he's a rat or a gerbil. Yeah, we need to have uh, we're, we'll we'll talk about it in the next episode. We'll see what wins. Splinter needs to get one of those like gerbil wheels. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and just kind of walk around the sewers, or you know, just kind of uh, have the stationary one. Like the the translucent ball where right? you can pull it around. Uh, like yeah. a giant one, he just kind of you know walks around the sewers, and everyone's looking at him like. Should we let him out? Right, yeah, I can see them like you see like Michelangelo and everything like goofing, goofing off. They're scarfing down pizza. Yeah, they've been out of the sewer. They're about to get in trouble. Oh, here comes Splinter, and you hear the wheel coming down. Like, <laughs> My sons, let me out of here. <laughs> hey, did she say pizza? So you live in an antique store? Yep, pizza mm. above actually. Well, I was gonna give you guys a tour of the store. Ready? Well, all right, Hosehead, well, um, let's get into the toy of the month, or week, or I don't even know how often we do an episode anymore. <laughs> I just don't know anymore, Josh. Of the episode. Yeah. There we go. Thank you. So, this was your pick, wasn't it, Hosehead? 
It was. Oh man, well, excellent pick, by the way. I I, uh, I love this figure. Um, did you have this uh, figure growing up? No, I've always wanted it. I, I Me just too. A really cool, iconic one. Like I could just, you know, whenever you're digging through uh, a thrift store, you look or whatever, you know, you're looking for toys. This is one that you always keep an eye out for. Oh yeah. And you're hoping to see, but it's this one in Krang. I'm always looking for, and I just never find it. Yeah, yeah, I, I'm with you. I am totally with you. Um, this is one that I remember my friends uh, had this figure. Of course, it's the Leatherhead, the original toy. Uh, I think it was released on the Christmas toy line of uh, 1989 uh, is when um, Leatherhead came out. And what's cool about the you know Leatherhead's character is you know depending on which of the comics you read as well as you know which episodes of the cartoon you've watched, Leatherhead's either a good guy or a bad guy. You know, it kind of changes. It's almost like Donkey Kong in video games, you know? You, there, there's some versions of them that are evil, or some that are nice. Now, the Mirage comics in the original cartoon, uh, Leatherhead was actually an alligator who was later mutated. However, in the Archie comics, Leatherhead was actually a human being by the name of Jess Harley. Uh, and then all huh. of a sudden, this strange witch by the name of Mary Bones used a, something like a turnstone, that's what they called it, on him to transform him into an alligator. So... You know, it's cool that um, different series kind of put their own spin on Leatherhead, and I think both are really cool. Definitely. I, I never knew that he was uh, actually a person in one of the uh, series. That's kind of cool. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was uh, some kind of punishment that he was he was given for something. I don't know what he did to the witch. I actually had that issue. It's, um, I think it's Archie series, or uh, issue six, I think. It's one of the early ones. But, yeah, that happens to him. He's like a homeless guy that gets transformed. But um, as far as the box art of this figure, I, I guess we could talk about that first. Um, I love it. I mean, I love every classic toy or every classic turtle toy box art just because of the sketches. You know, I love the sketches all around the toy. Uh, it feels like, you know, it's not just the rehash kind of generic universal box art that you kind of see with the 2000 series a little bit or 2003 series. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it, it every box for these original toys had different pictures on them, hand-drawn. And I think the pictures of uh, Leatherhead are really funny and, and just very detailed. Like, Yeah, instance. especially the teeth. Oh, yeah, it's great. Yeah, isn't that crazy? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, uh, just to describe the pictures on the, the front of the box art, the top left, Leatherhead smacking Raph around with his tail, which is cool. The top right, Leatherhead looks like he's actually shooting Raph. He's got a He's literally got, like, a shotgun in his hand. Sawed-off uh, shotgun. Yeah, 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 he's shooting Raph. Oh, and there's no blood, of course. Um, bottom left, Leatherhead's holding his gun in one hand and what looks like a like a crab or a lobster in the other. And that made me think, like, do alligators actually eat crabs? Huh. I, I don't know. I didn't know if they were a big... Uh, crustacean crustacean things? Yeah. I don't, yeah. <laughs> crustacean Cajun, I don't know. I probably yeah I'd imagine they'd have some uh, jambalaya and gumbo you know uh, yeah that's true that's a big thing over there yeah yeah um, and of course you know with all the um, Ninja Turtle toys sort of uh, the classic toys uh, you have your in the center your turtles logo and then um, the words Leatherhead Swamp Stop and Raging Cajun Gator so I wow that was a tongue twister I'm impressed yeah yeah well you know <laughs> um, I don't have I don't know what the uh, back of the box art looks like or anything like that so. I, I couldn't find any pictures of it, and of course, I wish I had this figure, but I don't. Yeah, you know, most turtles, you, they, they're facing you, but he's actually almost, he's kind of hunched over, almost like he would be down on all fours, but he's got one of his one of his hands in his mouth and the other one kind of fixing his hat. But, um, I don't know, I just thought it was a really cool pose to kind of show off the fact that he's an alligator. 
Yeah, yeah. Well, he's you know, kind of turned aside. He's kind of an artistic pose almost. Oh, absolutely. That, well, that's one of the real uh, one of the main reasons I love this figure uh, because. Most of the turtle villains or sidekicks, they all stand upright, even if they're mutants, um, or even if they're some kind of form of animal, that most of them stand upright, whereas Leatherhead is more positioned on all fours. Um, you know, even when you take him out of the packaging, you look at him, he's hunched over, um, he, he looks more like an alligator than he would, say, I don't know, a human, I guess. Um, and the actual sculpt is very, very detailed. And that's the thing about these old Ninja Turtle toys. They are so detailed. Especially the scales and everything. That, I was, yeah, that's the first thing I noticed was the scales. He is very scaly. You know, and of course, like I said, it's designed to look more like an alligator. Starting with his head, it actually looks like he's smiling, which is kind of funny. Uh, you know, with his bottom jaw. Or, or laughing, you know, even though his eyes are red. So even though he's got scary eyes, he looks like he's smiling, like having a good time. As for his, you know, his clothes, uh, he's got a brownish-yellow hat that matches his uh, belt and boots. Um, he's got a yellow vest and, of course, some very manly jeans. They're torn and everything, so he's totally 80s. <laughs> <laughs> um, then he had, like, a flannel tied around his waist, you know. Or uh, uh, I guess that would be more 90s. Never mind. Or the, the cut-off T-shirt. Yes, that's the, it. There you go. At the belly button. Like uh, <laughs> Bill S. Preston Esquire. Yeah. <laughs> and then have some, like, headphones around his uh, neck with a walkman. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that, that'd be the coolest leatherhead I ever knew. Yeah. Yeah, but one cool touch, uh, what I really like about the figure as far as the design goes, is that his tail actually comes through the back of his jeans. But here's the thing. There's no tear marks anywhere in his jeans from the tail. Which makes me wonder, does he get his jeans custom made? Ooh. Yeah, and and if so, where? <laughs> yeah, I want a pair. Yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> I could, I could, I could pull off, pull off the cutoffs. I think you could. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Uh, absolutely. I mean, you. I got you, the caps for it. Yeah. <laughs> my, my muscular thick thighs. He works out. <laughs> <laughs> I do cheeseburger curls. Uh, nice. <laughs> nom nom. <laughs> Uh, yeah, and then, like I said, there's a small tear in his jeans that expose, um, like, his, his right um, right kneecap or whatever. Or I don't know. If they, I don't think they have kneecaps. Whatever. Uh, but that's just another cool touch. Of course, his skin is noticeably scaly, and his left arm actually has a dagger tied to his bulging biceps, um, where, you know, whereas his right arm is just bare. So just very, very cool stuff. The articulation, though, that's kind of where this figure, depending on what you prefer, this is where the figure kind of struggles a little bit. This is where, it, I guess, for some enthusiasts, they, they might look at this as a negative. But I'll start off with a positive first. Um, one nice thing is that Leatherhead's bottom jaw actually chomps up and down. Like, his, his bottom jaw is flexible. So oh, can, dude, that's sweet. Yeah, I know. So you can, you can move a little leather, uh, leather a lever behind, <laughs> <laughs> behind his head. A leather. <laughs> Uh, behind his head, that kind of makes him um, move his jaw up and down, so you can kind of like act like he's talking. Like, I'm gonna get no way. I, don't, I can't even do a Cajun accent. I'm not even gonna try. <laughs> uh, you know, but uh, most of his articulation is very, very restricted. For instance, his head only swivels side to side, but not all the way around. Um, which actually makes sense. I mean, if you twist it all the way around, you break your neck. Um, his arms have decent range. You know, they can go up and down, and actually all the way around. Uh, hey, that rhymes. <laughs> Um, there are no joints at his wrists or ankles. His legs are very restricted. You can only kind of go up a little bit and down a little bit. And of course there's no ball joints, so he can't go in and out and his tail can't move at all. So, uh, you know, I can understand and totally like live with the fact that 
it's like this though because I'd rather it look more like an alligator. And you know, if it's hunched over, there's no way you're going to get that much flexibility out of it. So I don't really care because it looks like an alligator. So um, as far as accessories, you want to talk about those, Hosehead? Absolutely. Okay. Yeah, I, I was kind of surprised to see there was a sawed-off shotgun. Yeah. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I, that he can shoot the turtles with. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he's the only uh, turtles character that actually has a like a, a real-looking gun. You know. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And then not only do they um you know play it up with the accessories, you know they they t- they drew a whole sketch on him trying to shoot one of the turtles. So, right. They're not even yeah. trying to hide it. And on the uh, on the front, they actually it's a little hard to read because the way that the the plastic bubble is, but they actually have a description of both of the weapons. Did you see that? Oh yeah, yeah. Um, they had names to them. Yeah, they had names to them. I'm trying um, to read it. It's it's looks like swamp gun and a swamp turtle gun. trap. That's yeah. Sound, yeah, that sounds right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then the turtle trap just kind of looks like a bear trap. Um, not really much of a difference. But what's nice is he's got a belt that he can actually take on and off. Um, well, not him. He's a toy. He can't really do that. Well, maybe you know. Well, yeah. Hey, it's you ever see toys? You know the Toy Story. Yeah, Toy Story. Yeah. Absolutely. It could happen. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, you know, he, you can actually attach his accessories to the belt, so that's a nice touch. So I love the accessories. I think that's a nice touch for him, and it fits his character very well. As far as pricing goes, not as bad as I was expecting. Um, I checked out eBay, and this loose figure, without the accessories, goes anywhere between 5 to $15. Bucks. Um, loose with the accessories, you're going to jump up to about 15 to 20 and I only saw one unpunched sealed figure on eBay, and it was pretty high. It was seventy bucks. So seventy. Seventy bucks. Wow. Yeah, yeah. So I mean that that is like you know pristine condition, unpunched. Um, so mint in box. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that's probably the most you're going to pay for this particular figure. I would just like to have it, you know, just a loose one, preferably with the accessories because I think they're kind of cool. Uh, At least the swamp gun. Yeah, 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 definitely. I could do without the bear trap. Just just have him pointing a gun at one of the turtles. That'd be nice. <laughs> so, um, so I'd put him in the turtle van with, like, the swamp gun in his hand, hanging out one of the windows, like I'll game style. <laughs> Doing a drive-by. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you're going down, I guarantee. <laughs> See? <laughs> oh, gosh. Well, so... Knowing all this stuff, and you know all the the very cool design, the cool accessories, and the only kind of downside would be the articulation. What what would you give this figure? I'd have to give him probably a nine out of ten. I mean, yep. if you're thinking about trying to capture the character in the toy from the the cartoon series, I don't think they could have done much of a better job other than maybe articulation. Yep. Maybe. Yeah. Oh, I, I definitely agree. I I gave this figure a nine and a half. I love this figure. This is one of my favorite figures that I've seen so far. I mean. I, it's one I always wanted as a kid. I, I don't even remember his name. Or I, at the time, I didn't know his name when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. Um, but I remember always wanted the alligator guy, you know. And looking back all these years later, one thing I really like, and I I know I'm being a dead horse here, is the attention to detail that these classic toys had. And this toy, like you said, Josh, I mean, it matches the cartoon perfectly. Um, I, I love it, and I would definitely. One of these days, uh, when I have a couple extra bucks, I'm definitely going to pick this one up, and I'll take a picture. Yeah, I might even you know display him on my uh, my desk or something like that because you know he stands on all fours, so he'd be easy you, to pose. Are you sure you're going to get him? Yeah, I'm, yeah, I'd like to. You're sure? Do, do you? <laughs> do you? I guarantee. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was I like, had where to, are I you had going to get with this? 
Oh, sweet. So, yeah. I'd give them 9.5 Cajun chicken biscuits out of 10. So there nice. you go. Yeah. I had to put Cajun in there somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Jose. Well, shall we get into the comic? Absolutely. Hello, Violators. You're in Casey's comic classroom. Prepare to be schooled. So, uh, for this week's... For this episode... There we go. We'll start with that. For this episode's Casey's Comic Classroom, we are covering uh, issue five of the original Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle comic book. And Josh and I screwed up. <laughs> well, it was more Rob than I, me. But... You know what? I, I will say it was me because I think we skipped an issue. Yeah, um, we... It was supposed to be... Uh, I think we what we ended up doing... Um, was reading issues one, two, three, and then the Raphael Micro series. We kind of forgot about issue four. And that's a really good one, and that's one of the few I have. I think it's an, the second printing of it. Uh-huh. Which, so it's, I mean, it's like really old. Yeah, I didn't get a first. I'll have to check. I don't think it's a first, but the, uh, there was a first time I ever went to um, uh, Comic-Con in Detroit here. I'd never been to any Comic-Con before because, you know, I wasn't really a comic guy, but the Turtles got me into it, and uh, I found a very early printing of it, black and white, the magazine-style uh, size of it. So it's one of my most prized uh, Turtles comics, so wow. I can't believe we forgot it. I know, I know. Uh, well, I, you know, the funny thing is about this issue, issue five, which came out in October of 85, um, Kevin Eastman appeared, Laird, of course. Uh, the lettering was done by Steve Levine. Um, this comic, I think, was the first one of the original series that I had gotten. I actually remember this cover, and I've got it somewhere in my um, stack of comics, but uh, I like this issue for a lot of reasons. It's, you know what? Because it's only the fifth issue in. Now, when you read the first issue, as Josh, you remember, it's really, really serious. I mean, oh, it's yeah. like incredibly dark. The turtles are not really distinguishable yet. They, they, you don't see their personalities yet, and understandably so because it's the first issue. Yeah, but in this one, you really see their personalities shine. You know, and, and this is before uh, the TV series and the uh, uh, toy line came out. But what's really cool about this issue, and actually, Josh, I, I owe it to you for for finding this, is this issue is kind of like history in the making. It's a nice, um, what do we call it, snapshot in time before it's like right on the cusp of the turtles making history what's really really cool about this issue besides you know the actual storyline which we're going to talk about in a sec is the editorial right before this issue um it's so cool because like i said this issue came out in october of 87 i believe so this is the to put it in perspective the um cartoon hasn't come out yet the uh toys haven't come out yet and you get this editorial written by, I don't know if it was uh, Eastman and Laird or just one of the two, um, but I'm going to go ahead and read it to you. This is before you get into the actual issue, and here's – you're seeing such optimism and such, you know, this – the future is looking so bright. And as you read this, you're, you have to put in perspective that Kevin Eastman and Peter, Peter Laird, they have no idea what's about to happen. They have no idea that their toy line and their cartoon are going to take over the rest of the 80s. So, And let alone be still huge. still relevant 30 years later. At, at this point, I don't even know if they're 30 years old themselves. So oh, yeah, yeah. It's like they don't even realize that this series they're about to start is actually going to go longer than, the, than they, they've been alive at this point. Oh, I like, know. Oh, yeah. And, isn't and, that crazy? Oh, that's crazy to think about. And this, you know, it's cool because – they might have been moderately successful, you know, comic book writers at this point, 
but what's about to happen, it's going to make them millionaires, you know? <laughs> it's going to it's gonna seriously just change the, uh, you know, America, heck, the world. So I'm going to read this here. This is the editorial right before this issue begins. Um, so that if, you, if you ever want to find this, this is in, I think, the second printing of issue five of the original Mirage comics. So here it is. Here's uh, what Peter Laird, I think, said. <clears throat> okay. Let me uh, pull it up here. My eyes are bad, so I'll enlarge it. Okay. Did you ever have a secret, a really neat one, that you were just dying to tell everyone right away, but you couldn't? Because if you let it out too soon, it could spoil things? Well, we've been in that quandary since last year, but now we can finally let the turtle out of the bag, so to speak. It all started back in August of 1986 when, out of the blue, we got a call from a gent named Mark Friedman, who was calling us because he had been talking to... All right, now I'm kind of probably... Please forgive me if I mispronounce some of these words here. Kevin Siambita? I don't know. From the Palladium Books role-playing game company. And, as he put it, fell off his chair laughing when he heard the name Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. And now he wanted to be our agent for licensing. After a couple of meetings, we were sold and signed up. Within an amazingly short period of time, Mark had lined up a potential deal for a major toy line. Action figures, vehicles, the works. So we were flown in out of sunny La Mirada, California to meet with the fine folks at Playmates Toys. Things went well. Everybody seemed to think that the TMNTs could, could really be a nifty toy line. And we returned home with visions of blister-packed TMNT action figures dancing in our heads. <laughs> of course, what's a line of action figures without an animated series backing them up? After a couple of false starts, uh, Murakami, Wolf, and Swenson uh, was chosen to be the company that would produce the animation. Initially, a five-part miniseries in half-hour episodes. We went west once more to meet up with these folks, and we're happy to find out that not everyone in Tinseltown is a wingnut. These guys were nice and talented. So, for the last year, these things have been in progress. And if things go as planned, you should see the toys start to appear in stores in January of 1988. And the cartoon series, the last week of December. We'll keep you updated as more definite details come in. As you might, might as well imagine... Uh, <clears throat> as you might well imagine, I'm sorry. Uh, we were near busting... We were near busting at the seams with the urge to tell you all. But in difference to the wishes of our agent and the toy company, we agreed to keep it under our hats till now. What's to come? Well, in the toy line, there will be ten action figures to start with. All four of the Turtles, Splinter, April, the Shredder, a Foot Soldier, and two new evil characters. Do you know who they are? Rocksteady and Bebop. Oh, you nailed it. Very good. Rocksteady, a mutant commando rhinoceros, and Bebop. A punk mutant warthog. We had a lot of input on the design of these two characters, and they are wild. Each figure is posable and comes with a weapons pack. Following these figures will come a redesigned turtle van, a turtle blimp. Yeah, it sounds nutty, but wait till you see it. It's great. The Technodrome. Hey, that's, that's in the issue of uh, the episode. Oh, was. yeah, I know. It's so relevant to what we're doing right now. Yeah. Uh, the Technodrome, the Shredder's evil headquarters. Uh, the Techno Rover, a ground car for the foot soldiers. And the Turtles Headquarters playset. Then there's two foot high stuffed turtle plush. There's a two foot high stuffed turtle plush doll, uh, with interactive voice box. Do, I remember the plush dolls, but did they have a voice box? I don't remember that. I remember the plush ones, like they almost look like pillows. You know, you could uh, 
uh, sleep with, but uh, I don't remember them making sounds, so I wonder if they, they changed that toward the end. Yeah. As for the animation, Murakami, Wolf, and Swenson has adapted our stories from the first few issues with some of their own ideas thrown in. You'll see Baxter Stockman and his Mausers, the Shredder and the Foot, and an evil alien called Krang who bears more than a little resemblance to the DCRI aliens. The five half-hour episodes stand by themselves as stories, but all come together to make a neat five-part series. We've read all the scripts, seen all the storyboards and concept sketches, heard all the voice tracks, and seen the first two episodes, and they're great. While all this has been happening, Mark Friedman was not twiddling his thumbs. Two more deals he lined up are with Random House, which will publish TMNT coloring books and puzzles and board games through their subsidiary, The Warren Company, and the responsive marketing for a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle fan club. Also in the boards is a full-color, newsstand distribution of the TMNT comic book based on the TV series. Currently, it looks as if the Archie Comics will be publishing that, and Michael Dooney will be drawing it. So there, wow, so much good stuff here. So, lest it seem like we are counting our chickens before they're hatched, let us just say that we will have our fingers crossed, hoping that everything that is planned and in production now will actually happen. But it looks good and promising, and we're dealing with good people. Of course, it wouldn't hurt if our faithful readers started going around to their local toy stores and started asking them if they were going to carry all the TMNT toys. We'll try to keep you informed on what's happening with the turtles and other media. But in the meantime, check out the ad on the following two pages. Wow. That's, that's cool right there. You know, I, I know it's kind of a long introduction, but I think that's, that's history in the making right there. Because yeah. they're, they're talking about this upcoming toy line, and they're talking about, you know, these, these things that are coming out that are absolutely iconic nowadays. You know, uh, the, it's talking about, oh, yeah, we might, it looks like Archie might be, you know, picking up the, uh, uh, you know, a new comic book from us. And that comic book ended up lasting years, you know. And then the the cartoon series ended up lasting ten years. Yeah. Um, just the original cartoon series. I mean, it's it's cool. That's very very cool to read something like that because they have no idea how how much is going to blow up. It's uh, that is so cool. Like, I just I can't get over that. Like you you just you don't think of moments like that actually existing. You know where they don't have any clue how big it's going to be. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Well. One of my favorite scenes, and I remember talking to him when we were – our last interview with Jim Lawson, one of my favorite scenes is is uh, when all the the writers that were all kind of together at that point, uh, Jim Lawson, um, uh, Peter Laird, uh, Kevin Eastman, and a few others um, were all huddled in the house. And I think they were talking about that moment when they first signed, I guess, the contract with Playmates. And they're all partying and everything. And I think Kevin Eastman gives a toast and stuff and, you know, how he's hoping that it's going to be successful and everything. So, again, there's another, you know, moment in time right there where something huge, just absolutely magical is fixing to happen. And they're just kind of really being hopeful about it. They have no idea it's going to be this amazing. So um, this article is kind of like another version of that. So very cool stuff. Very cool. Yeah. So, Josh, you want to attempt to explain the plot of this this comic book? <laughs> um, I, I, you know what? I'll start it out, and if if you want to help me out, that'd be amazing. Sure. Okay. We we skipped by accident. Ep, um, about that episode issue four. We do know that somehow the turtles got transformed or or transported into some kind of transmat uh, that that took them across this galaxy. 
all right? And they, they, they've landed in literally kind of like some kind of battle zone um, for these troops, uh, uh, by these troops who fight under the, this general called General, I guess, Blank? Um, and this is, the, this is the debut of Fugitoid, just for the record. And Fugitoid's in trouble. I think General Blank's troops are trying to capture Fugitoid for some reason. Turtles don't even know who he is. He's just some kind of weird-looking robot guy um, that we find out later is actually a half-man, half-robot um, uh, by the name of Honeycutt. So the Turtles, you know, they finally beat up all these, uh, these troops. Or, uh, well, they actually, they, they beat up the, as many as they can. And then um, I think they kind of, uh, uh, the troops kind of run them off to this, this uh, building, this apartment or something like that. And I don't really remember what happens after that. <laughs> Um, I think they end up going to, uh, actually, it looks like a bar. Yeah, well, yeah, okay, so before, before they go to the bar, um, uh, they, so they finally escape the troops that are chasing them. For some reason, they want Honeycut. They want Fugitoid. Um, and Fugitoid's origin story is kind of an interesting one. It, it almost borrows a page from Frankenstein, in a way, because, um, Honeycut was actually a professor that was working on this certain type of robot. And I think that's why General Plank wants Honeycutt because he, he knows – he's a very smart scientist. He knows that Honeycutt could be a strong asset to General Plank's military. Well, Honeycutt's a good guy, and he didn't want to use his expertise for any sort of evil or harm for people. And he kind of flees General Plank, and while he's working on these, these robot prototypes, he's got actually an assistant robot – and one day, I think the robot, the assistant, gets caught in some kind of weeds or something like that. He, I guess, was wandering around outside, tripped, and fell, and got caught in some kind of, I don't know, ivy or something. So Honeycut, or yeah, Honeycut walks out there, tries to free his robot. Then all of a sudden, magically, a uh, uh, lightning bolt strikes the robot as Honeycut's holding it, and somehow they get transformed. I guess <laughs> Honeycut gets transformed into the robot, um, and that's his state now. Um, so as he's telling all this stuff, the turtles are like, wow, this is trippy. I don't know. Why are we here on this strange planet, and how are we going to get back to New York City? So during this time, Honeycutt's like, well, I, I could try to get you back through a portal, um, but I don't know if, how feasible that is. Maybe we need to find a pilot. And they decide to go to a bar, and I can't remember the name of the bar. Um, do you remember it there, Josh? Because I, I can't remember. Uh, Portenroy's Spaceport Jockey Bar. Okay. <laughs> rolls right off the tongue. Yeah, it does. Yeah, so so what happens there, Hosehead? Um, you know, I, I just this bar is really uh it's actually on the cover. This uh they end up getting into a huge bar fight. But bar this fight. bar fight, yeah, right? <laughs> it just uh for some reason when I think of the uh the original series, besides issue one of course, I think of this this cover actually. This bar fight because uh, if if you could just kind of look at the the difference between the two, you know, on the first cover it's very dark. You yeah. could almost barely make out the turtles on top of the roof. Very serious. And then this cover, uh, you just see it's just completely wacky. Oh and yeah, it, it makes me think of the Moss Eisley Cantina. Of oh, I, I was hoping you were going to say that because yeah. I was like, you know, the first thing I thought of uh, when I saw this uh, comic book was Leonardo fought, uh, shot first. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Well, hey, Greedo had it coming. <laughs> Yeah, he did. He was, he, he was a jerk. He was, totally. Yeah, very cocky, too. I, I'm, I'm glad he got it. <laughs> but, yeah, that's exactly what I thought of. I, I, I was immediately humming, like, the Cantina music, you know, from uh, Max Rebo, uh, Max Rebo's band. Oh, yeah. 
So, I mean, it's it just, and to me, it's it's the perfect cover for uh, announcing the launch of the Toy Series because it's still, like, the Turtles are pretty, you know, there's a lot of action, they're shooting guns, it's crazy. Um, it doesn't really look like a kid's story, but it just seems kind of a little bit more wacky, like anything could happen. Right. And uh, that's just the one of the things I love about the cover, and this is what I think of when I think of the original series. Oh, um, yeah, yeah. And, and, and what's interesting about the, the bar scene, I mean, just the, the attention to all the different types of uh, aliens. Oh, my goodness. It, again, we, we were talking about Kevin Eastman's artwork. It shines in this issue. I mean, all the different races of aliens, the attention to detail in the bar scene, um, the, the uh, Fugitoid's actual planet, I mean, uh, with, with uh, the, the city that's in the middle of the water, you know, like an island. Um, and then the surrounding city, all just futuristic. I mean, it must take him hours and hours and hours just for one panel, um, you know, when you get a full full shot of the entire city. Um, and definitely you can see uh, um, IG-88 is down on his luck because he's serving drinks in this. Uh, right? <laughs> it's, that's totally him. No I, I knew it. I, I always wondered what happened to him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess the bounty hunter thing just didn't work out after Han got out. caught. You know, he he defaulted on a couple loans. Right, right. It just it didn't work out for him. So yeah, he's 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 going back to school and he's going back, uh, you know, he's, right. He's uh, yeah. he's a janitor by night. You know, uh, yeah. <laughs> that's you know, but that's that's what happens. Oh, well, hey, you know, you got to work your way back up the, the the ladder. You know, that's right. The uh, you know the corporate empire ladder. <laughs> <laughs> um. But uh, so what's interesting is Honeycutt's a very, very important person because you have two two different types of troops chasing after this guy or robot. You've got, of course, General Plank's troops that you see in the very beginning of the issue. But there's also the Triceratons, who I guess would be General Plank's enemy. They are uh, looking for Honeycutt as well, um, I, perhaps for the same reasons, you know, that, that Honeycutt is a very, very valuable asset to the military. So you have this huge battle between the Triceratons and General Blank's army over Honeycutt, pretty much. And the turtles are right smack in the middle of it. The Triceratons, they take some names, too. Oh, yeah. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, it's a violent... I know um, there's one scene where Leonardo shoots one of the, the aliens. Like It's kind of funny because, okay, they're at this cantina place, and all heck is broken loose. Um, you know, the Triceratons show up, and... <laughs> Leonardo looks like he's trying to aim for one of General Plank's troops, and then the troop like uh, I, I don't I don't know if either Leonardo missed or if the troop had actually thrown one of the other like random aliens in front of him. But Leonardo just shot like a random alien and killed him. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. There's like no mention of it or anything. Like whoops or anything. It's just like yeah. oh I killed him. And there's another one. He busts out like a gat, and he's like uh, eat laser scum and just. <laughs> <laughs> it kind of looks like almost like a Wild West, just crazy bar fight. Like. Yeah, it, it is. And oh my goodness. And one thing I was really happy about with this issue is you start to see the humor in the series. Like, there's a couple of one-liners. I can't remember them, but Michelangelo gives some really good one-liners in, in this uh, in this issue. He's And this is before the um, funny Michelangelo from the original cartoon. Um, and you're seeing Michelangelo's personality really shine in this issue. Um, I like. I really, really like it. Um, I'm doing a horrible job summarizing the plot because I read it a few days ago and I'm still a little kind of hazy on. It. I should have took better notes, but uh, it's you can see the turtles' character. You can see some humor, and it's a nice contrast from the very, very kind of serious and dark issues. You know, the first two to three issues of the series, um, and that's why I like this issue so much. And I'm I'm a big 
uh, Fugitoid Mark, especially in the new the new series. So, you know, I remember having the, the Fugitoid toy when I was a uh, when I was a kid, and I didn't even know who he was. <laughs> I was like, who's this weird robot? I didn't know there was a toy. Oh yeah, I've I've got him still. Yeah. Really? Wow. Oh yeah. Yep, I got him. Uh, gosh, when I was little, and I didn't even know. Why? Like I thought he was from a different cartoon or something like that. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so I've become yeah quite the Fugitoid fan. But anyways, so the Triceratons they end up actually winning that battle in the in the bar and taking uh, Fugitoid. So the turtles they find um, like a neutrino esque flying car <laughs> and and chase after the Triceratons. And Donatello, he's trying to figure out how the heck to drive the thing, but you know it's his first time driving driving a uh, flying car, so you got to cut him some slack. Yeah, yeah, a little bit. But yeah, you know, uh, he didn't get his permit, so uh, <laughs> um, so he's chasing them, and he loses control of it, and the turtles actually fall out from the sky, and and one of them's like, "Hey, don't worry, these trees will block our fall," and strangely, they do. You know, they they probably fell like you know 500 feet out of the air, and, and the trees. Uh, maybe it's the shells, you know. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Yeah, so. and then I like the uh, the the next. So you see the turtles just disappear into the trees, and then the next frame, uh, you can see two of the turtles, but it's the there's tons of lines everywhere, like it's all shaky. You can see someone's like really <laughs> rattled, just trying to see, <laughs> just trying to get out. Uh, it's Leonardo. They're like, "You okay, Leo?" And he's like, "Totally shook up. It's hilarious." <laughs> yeah. So it broke their fall, but not not quite enough. <laughs> right, right. It still kind of you know stunned them a little bit. Uh, they were still a little shell-shocked. Ah. Oh. <laughs> oh. Pun intended. Um, so, oh gosh. So they land on the ground, and I, I think they stumble upon a huge, like, Triceraton ship. Um, and that's where Fugitoid is. And, um, and pretty much they – I think they grab Fugitoid. The turtles sneak onto the ship. And that's where the issue ends. I don't know where the Triceratons are taking Fugitoid, but at the very end of the issue, the turtles are in the ship. And they're like, where are we going? And all of a sudden they realize, oh, wait a minute. We're entering uh, uh, you know, zero gravity, and we don't have any oxygen mass or anything like that. So they're slowly suffocating, and that's how the issue ends. So, yeah, it was kind of a wild ride. It was a wild ride. This was, it was a nice break from New York City. And and I'm not putting down New York City, but you know, for a good storyline, you have to change things up. And I like the setting of this series. And a lot of people aren't big on, you know, the spacey version of Ninja Turtles. Kind of like a lot of people aren't big on the spacey version of X Men. I don't mind it, you know, as long as it's not always, you know, that way. I I don't mind a little bit of a change in setting and and tone. And there's certainly both in this issue. It's more humorous, definitely action packed. I don't know. It just kind of offers a new dimension uh, to the series and i like it quite a bit i really like this uh, issue yeah I, I agree i think it kind of shows that they can do anything they want with the series they can make it sci-fi they can make it like a western they can go to outer space or uh some dystopian planet like oh, yeah. just anywhere you want to go anything you want to do uh i think it just kind of opens up uh opens up possibilities for the turtles to let you know that they're never really going to run out of content which They've been going 30 years and haven't yet, so... Oh, right. Uh, yeah, <laughs> just kind of foreshadowing that uh, they could do whatever they want, and uh, the turtles can go anywhere, really. It's really sweet. And I like, uh, you know, you get a new character, uh, Fugitoid, you get the Triceratons, and you get uh, General Blank's army, so there's tons of new characters um, introduced in this, but you don't really feel like you're completely lost in the story. It's pretty easy to figure out what's going on. Absolutely. Abs- I totally agree. So, you know, what, what would you give an issue like this, uh, rating 1 out of 10? 
I'd probably give it a nine. I'm I really like this one. I mean, you know what? I'm with you again. We we got to start to scream. That's one of our big problem. <laughs> Ever since day one. Uh, yeah. The cover does it all for me. That bar fight's just it's amazing. It's great. You know? It's it's a memorable scene. You know, it's it's one of those again, the artwork I is so good. It's so I love the first issue because of the attention to detail in the city. And they were going all out then. I mean, because they're trying to, you know, make a big series out of this, right? So you're thinking they're going to bring their A-game for that. Well, this is, they've already established themselves. It's issue five, um, which still seems kind of early on. But, hey, the series has already blown up at this point, at least from an indie comic standpoint. Um, so you would think that maybe they'd kind of tone down the very, very extensive attention to detail. But they don't, which makes it a great, great-looking comic book. Not to mention the wacky storyline and the action um, and the humor. Uh, I loved this issue. Um, so I gotta I got definitely agree that it's a 9 out of 10 for me. You know, the only thing that could make it better to me is... Oh, gosh, I don't even know. I, I, I don't know what the it factor is to make it a 10, but uh, this is a very enjoyable ride. I really enjoyed this issue. Did you read this in color, or black and white? or? Well, I read the um, the one that you sent me, the uh, PDF that you had sent me. Okay. Uh, just because I was too lazy to go through my whole um, uh, comic book shelf and try to find the one, this one. Um, but I do really need to go kind of read it. The I think mine's a black and white. I, I think it's a second printing of this, uh, uh, this issue. So I still think it's in black and white, though. That's cool. You know, it's funny that, you know, we both really enjoyed – uh, the attention to detail and just how crazy the bar scene was, and uh, even though you were looking at it in black and white in mm-hmm. color, it's awesome just because really? you get all the different colors of the aliens. Oh, so man. it's just it's just really really uh, dynamic scene. It just oh man, yeah. I see. I'd love to see that in color. Yeah, it's it's great. Um, Did you say you had the color classics one? Yeah. So well, oh. I'm reading it out of the color classics, uh, the works volume one book. Oh. It's it's the hard hardbound book with um, yeah it's just all I think the I think the first seven issues. Oh, and it's that's right. I remember because I had something like that, but it was all black and white, but it had yeah. the commentary. I think. Yeah, I see. Yeah, that's the difference. Yeah, because the color classics one, this one that works is just the basically color classics. The pages are bigger, so the artwork is really kind of oversized and huge, which is really cool for uh. seeing the detail. But the uh, all, I think you have the ultimate collection. And the ultimate so. ones, yeah, the ultimate is in black and white and has more uh, concept art and notes and stuff like that. So really, you gotta have both. You gotta have both. <laughs> That's where they get you, man. I'm telling yep, you, they're they're getting me. Oh man, I mean, we're gonna pay like a hundred bucks for the same kind of issues, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's totally worth it, though. It is. It is. I mean, if if I had man, if I had money, like a lot of money, oh my goodness. <sighs> See, right now my game room is kind of a half video games, half Ninja Turtles. I'd probably go all turtles, man. I would go all out, get all the toys around my room, get all the comic books, posters, turtle memorabilia. I mean, oh, man, there's so many things that I would so buy because I know another thing that they're they're putting out now, IDW is doing it, is the compilations of the Archie comics, uh, all color, kind of redone and everything. That's another one I wish I could buy, but I'm broke. Oh, man. Broke is a joke. (laughs) (laughs) So excellent issue. Um, and speaking of excellent, man, we've got an excellent uh, cartoon to watch, man. We do. Hey, Raph, where are you going? Out to a movie. That okay with you? Yeah. Knowing now, you know, the, the whole 
Okay, it's it's kind of cool because it's almost around the same timeline here because I know this cartoon. Um, I don't have an exact release date of when this cartoon was released or aired in syndication. At least, let me check. Oh, no, no, I take that back. I do have a release date. So today we're watching the Shredder Gets Splintered. No, I'm sorry, it's Shredder and Splintered, I think. Yeah, Shredder and Splintered. Yeah, okay. So today we're going to be watching the very last episode of the first season of the original cartoon. And this episode's called Shredder and Splintered. Um, and this aired on December 18th of 1987 in syndication. And there's so many monumental things in this, in this um, uh, cartoon episode here. Um, you want to talk about one of them, Jose? I do. And actually, I just I pulled up uh, the website turtlepedia.wicca.com. Uh, Turtlepedia. Awesome uh, source for Turtle, Ninja Turtles information. Oh, yeah. I still have I my pull- stuff there. Yeah, I pulled up uh, this episode, and it's interesting. It says previously video release. I'm sorry, previous video releases of this episode gave it the name "The Shredder Is Splintered," oh. and the DVD releases uh, listed as "Shredder Shredded and Splintered." So yeah, oh. um, which you'll see later uh, in this episode. Um, there's an awesome battle between Shredder and Splinter, which is where the title comes from. But uh, this is awesome. Uh, I love this. Love this this episode. Uh, there's a lot of big firsts. Yes. Uh, so I'd say uh, big uh, Krang and his huge body. <laughs> yep, yep. We finally get to see the Krang body. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty sweet. And the, uh, there's a um, molecular amplification circuit that he gets that makes him just ridiculously huge. Yeah, yeah. Right. Um, it's not steroids. It's it's some kind of amplification thing. Yeah. Um, there's cool references in it. They make references to King Kong with the turtle blimp. Oh, uh, yeah, so yeah. Very first episode with the Turtle Blimp. Turtle Blimp, yep. And uh, is this the first episode of the tur- t- uh, um, Technodrome, or was that in the last one? I think that was the last one, because I think okay. I remember us talking about that. I, yeah, I, I think I, Yeah, I think we did. Yeah, because didn't, didn't Splinter try to break into the Technodrome or something like that? Or I, I think so. I can't remember, but, uh, but yeah. Um, well, well, this is also a first time that uh, Shredder says one of his infamous lines that's been used in the video games as well. Tonight I dine on turtle soup. Yeah, exactly. Nailed it. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly right. Uh, that, I mean, that's an iconic line right there. And I, I'm using iconic too much. I got to find a better word. But um, yeah, and then uh, this is another one where Splinter he, um, well, actually, um, let me go back. Uh, this is the one where Shredder he gets the retro mutagen ray, and basically he can use this uh, to transform the Ninja Turtles, the mutated turtles, back into you know actual baby turtles. Four baby turtles. <laughs> pizza, pizza. <laughs> and then you know this is another issue where Splinter saves um, the turtles. He kind of gives up his chance to be human again by saving the turtles. So, um, which is always kind of an interesting concept that actually con- conflicts with the uh, excuse me too much Mountain Dew. Uh, <laughs> uh, actually conflicts with the end of the uh, original NES game because in that game doesn't he actually turn back into a human? Uh, I believe he does. Yeah, yeah that's kind of like a controversial yeah. ending, I think. Yeah. So, um, you know, this kind of um, refutes that a little bit. So, um, yeah, I think we should jump right into it. So this was, again, this was um, released on December 18th, 1987. This is episode five of the original cartoon. This is, man, this is Turtles in their prime right here. This is one of the best Ninja Turtle cartoons um, episodes that was ever released. Uh, in my opinion, 
and we are going to watch it. And the nice thing is, if you guys want to follow along, this episode is on YouTube. So, oh, and Josh, I sent you a link through Skype, I think. Um, let's see. And if not, I'll send it again. I think I saw it. Let me see. Got it. Awesome. Cool. So when you pull that up, and if you want to hit pause, we'll go ahead and do the countdown. Okay. The final countdown. That song is so awesome until they start singing. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, oh, Europe. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's the only song they're known for, too. Uh, yeah, probably. Yeah. 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 I, mm-hmm. I don't know anything else by them. Nope. Europe. <laughs> I mean, come on. When you have a band name, you know, named after your country, yeah. you couldn't think of anything better. Yeah, that's kind of it's it like, a, it's like a band called America. No A, just America. America. Yeah. All right, I think I'm ready if you are. Okay, I'm at the zero mark. Um, okay, so I'll do the countdown. All right, so we're going to go ahead and play blah, blah, blah. That's all, folks. All right, so we're going to go ahead and click play in five, four, three, two, one, and click. And there goes our favorite theme song. Awesome. Oh, I'm so excited. You know, it's been a while since we've been back to the uh, classic series. I know, it's way too much Venus de Milo, man. <laughs> Did you That's see Kevin, on Kevin Eastman on Facebook? He had a, um, it was like a figure of Venus de Milo. Uh-huh. Yeah, and he was like taking it somewhere with him. Really? It's crazy. Yeah, like, it was like almost like a full-size um, model or something, and he was taking it to some show. I was like, wow. Wow. Crazy. Yeah. You know, I wonder if they'll, because uh, there was a couple of, um, uh, like, nods to the next mutation, believe it or not, in the IDW comics. Or no no no! I'm, I take that back. It wasn't idea. It was the Nickelodeon show, and I wonder really? if they'll ever introduce her as an actual character. Wow! I yeah, I'm really curious. Yeah, you know, I I wouldn't be if they do it right. I wouldn't be opposed to it. Well, I know you love Venus to my life. I don't get out of here. I don't. You love just her. want to see her in 3D. Oh, get out of here! You want to see her do slow motion? Like <laughs> <laughs> she's dreamy. <laughs> All right, so we're at the Channel Six News Building here. Wow, look at that old TV. I know, right? Yeah. Look at the dials for changing the channel. Oh, my goodness. I actually had Don't a TV touch like that. that dial. <laughs> <laughs> so, I can't really remember what happened in the last episode. Was that the one where the building um, filled up with water? Yeah. Oh, okay. I think it's just been the the past four, probably four days in the uh, in New York have been crazy because of Splinter or uh, because of Shredder. Right. They're blaming the turtles basically for all of the havoc lately. Right. And uh, April's still way too tall. Way too tall. I mean, she's about <laughs> twice the size of the turtles. <laughs> I like that. I like how the rest are just watching the turtles go by. They're chilling. Yeah. <laughs> like what up? <sighs> Does April ever change her outfit? Like, I, you know what? I wonder if she's like Superman. She's got like sets of the uh, yellow jumpsuit. I hope so, because she's walking through like raw sewage there. Oh yeah, I know it's it. Break after a while. Oh, the turtle con. Turtle con. Yeah, that's another. That's, that's new too. Yeah. You know what's amazing about that too? Is the turtle con? You know, that was like high tech. You know, where you could see the person's face while you talk. That's just like FaceTime. They ripped turtle coms off. 
Dude, you're right. Yeah, or Skype or something. I don't know. I wonder if uh, Eastman gets uh, rights on that. Ah, he better. <laughs> oh, no. Shredder has uh, taken over their uh, transmission, their TV. Do not adjust your TV set. <laughs> we have control over the horizontal and the vertical. <laughs> That'd be funny if like he's kind of fuzzy and like, hang on, Shredder, we got to adjust these rabbit ears real quick. <laughs> like, okay, I'll wait a second. Uh, oh, so, so now he's displaying his mutagen ray. Now, where did he get those mutants from? Like, <laughs> he yeah, just picked, they... some, uh, picked up some extra ones and then changed them back. Uh, I guess maybe he changed them into rats and then changed them back. What's what's the symbol on uh, Splinter's? Uh... I don't know. I was looking at that. It's, got... yeah, it's like three circles. Yeah. They should make a T-shirt that looks like Splinter's uh, robe. Yes. Wouldn't that be awesome? Oh, I'd wear it. I'd totally sport that. And then, like, just get a, a stick outside or something for a uh, cane. Dude, that'd be awesome. <laughs> All right, so why are the turtles going after Shredder at this point, knowing uh, that he's got the retro ray? Or whatever. I think uh, because the turtles are getting a bad name because of all the craziness he's causing. Okay. And so the turtles are like, you know, we, we got to fix this. We finally got to put Shredder to, uh, I guess, bring him to justice so that we stop getting a bad name. I got you. Oh, yeah. You know what the last episode was? The uh, hot riding teenagers from Dimension X. Oh, you're yeah, right. Yeah, because they, they've got, uh, it's hovercraft, which is kind of funny because that's also an issue five. Yeah. You know, they got the hovercraft. Plutonium. You mean to tell me this sucker is nuclear? <laughs> no, 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 she's electrical. She just needs the 1.21 gigawatts. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Alright, so the Neutrinos, um, flying Chevy, uh, man, look how small he looks in the, uh, phone booth. Yeah, it's funny, I don't remember them going down phone booths like Yeah, that was different. Yeah, I, I mean, it, Rocksteady. Oh, nice. You little twipes. It's cool in the early episodes how they uh, make a big deal about how strong they are. Yeah, oh yeah. I mean, they still have goofy... I like how he's closing his eyes as he fires. Like, he has no idea if he's going to hit him or not. He's like a stormtrooper. <laughs> So Michelangelo's uh, uh, taking a dumpster and uh, just kind of plowed <laughs> over uh, Bebop there. Yep. Wait, and now he's behind a pole. <laughs> that was weird. I went, that was <laughs> he got over there pretty quick. Yeah. Dang, Rock said he just threw a car. What kind of car was that? I don't know. Ooh. Leonardo just cut down a uh, traffic signal and it hit. Uh... <laughs> yeah, the lights turned uh, into his eyes. <laughs> oh, see, there's the dumpster again, and now it's there Leonardo. It wow, that's great. Yeah, they must not have clipped that together properly. That's funny. This is this is the most intense uh, fight scene I've ever seen. He's <laughs> like fighting around a trash can, playing tag a little bit. Yeah. But they finally got him in the uh, trash truck, and now they're stuck in a bunch of garbage. Another backing up the uh, concrete truck. Oh gosh, he could have killed them. What if it hardens up? They're dead. It suffocate. Yeah. Oh, they'll be all right. Here's Charles, like, let's get out of here. <laughs> I love that sound effect. Yeah. You yeah. Creeps, come back and it works for if you get it with a pizza or whipped cream or even concrete. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> you know, it's funny because uh, Bebop and Rocksteady—they they don't quite sound like themselves yet. 
Yeah, you're right. Yeah, it, it, you know, they, they both kind of sound very similar. Um, and it's, it's almost like uh, The Simpsons when they first started. Um, Homer does not sound like the Homer that we hear later on. He, he sounds very, very different in that first season. You know, I guess, you know, them trying to find themselves as far as their, their range and everything. Yeah. Pat Farrelly's nailing it here, though. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, so this is Krang without his body yet. And uh, Shredder has been kind of dangling it over Krang's brain, I guess. I was going to say over his head. But... <laughs> well played. Right. Well, now he's about to reveal the Krang body. So here we go. <laughs> See Krang's face there? He's so excited. Yeah, it's, his lips look kind of creepy. It's yeah. like he, he's trying to drool, but he doesn't have the glands necessary. <laughs> oh, there we go. Wait for it. He's like, he's peeking around. Yeah. Oh, this is a good, this is a good part right here. I, I like how Shredder's actually wearing gloves, if you look. <laughs> he's got white gloves on. Oh, so that's like... awesome. Oh, here we go. <laughs> that is cool. That's awesome. It's alive! That's cool. I, I like how the hand was slowly kind of pulling off the sheet. Oh, yeah. That's cool. So and this the, is another shot showing you how huge the Technodrome is. Yeah, yeah. I love the alarm. Turtle alert! <laughs> they have a specific turtle alarm. <laughs> they have another one from the pizza guys there. Yeah, just in case they ever show up, yeah. Whoa, That's what kind of craft is that? Did you see that, like, uh, that like, um, look like a sand crawler or something? Yeah, yeah, it's funny, I never noticed it before. Yeah, I wonder if that's an actual toy. That would be sweet. Yeah. It's like a, a foot a soldier foot, thing. Yeah, foot clan, um... Yeah, look at that thing, that looks cool. It's, it's like an armored personnel carrier. Huh. To get the retro mutagen ray away from the shredder. You ever actually try climbing a rope? Um, it is it's, it's not easy. It is ridiculously hard. It's just, the splitter's making it look like it's nothing. Hey guys, uh, how's it going? We're a little <laughs> it's funny, all the foot soldiers have uh, weapons and uh, like guns and... Yeah, yeah. I don't remember them having as many weapons in the later ones. Don't they normally just like, like monkeys in there? <laughs> <laughs> I do miss the monkey walk. Yeah. This, so. I remember that scene right there. Really? Yeah, I don't know why. I don't know what it is, but um, Michelangelo sliding with the uh, nunchuck over the uh, pipe. Uh, it's just... Is that I sewage? Just... Yeah, that's sewage. Oh, gosh. So what do you say? It's burnt. A little dinner, a little <laughs> dancing. I'll call you back. You <laughs> that was actually funny. Was. He's talking to his girlfriend. Yeah. Is it the one that hates the turtles? Oh yeah. <laughs> Rob, what was the last time you heard someone say diddly squat? Uh, uh since what? Uh, when did this come out? What's that? One of their weapons? It's uh it's it's a hyper turtle death ray. Now, <laughs> hyper turtle death ray. Wow. Is that like the uh, Turbo Turtles? <laughs> wow, she just threatened to blow up the place. She's a terrorist. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. All for a story. Or a jumpsuit. Yeah. Yeah. Just 
Oh, it's cool. You can kind of see him work, uh, Donnie work on the uh, turtle blimp in the background, but it's not yeah, quite yeah. finished yet. And he's in uh, Baxter Stockman's old laboratory. It's kind of cool. Oh, yeah, that's right. Oh, you know, I read a little trivia on this that um, this is like the last time you actually see Baxter's laboratory for the entire series. Wow. Which is hard to believe because Baxter comes back quite a bit. Yeah, he does. Yeah, but I don't think he ever has his laboratory again. I guess he kind of loses it. He, he stops paying his rent, so. Yeah, yeah. And the maid leaves. Right, right. Whatever happens to her, I, w I hope she finds another job. Yeah, me she too. She seemed pretty, like, to have a good work ethic, so we can only hope. Yeah, she, she showed a lot of promise. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he, like, totally wigs out in there. That's Yeah, awesome. yeah. <laughs> his arms are all going, or whatever they are. Oh, this is great. Lopes. <laughs> oh, cool, his arm turned into, like, a scissor. Go, go, gadget scissors. <laughs> I like how the body actually looks kind of fat, you know, like yeah. kind of chubby. Yeah, it has no neck either. Master Splinter's out there alone, man. Maybe we can keep an eye on him. Look. Oh, it's a Triforce. Look like the Cyberdyne logo. Yeah. Ghetto Blaster. <laughs> that's I. I never would have imagined that was in a Turtles. Episode. That's uh That's a slingshot. Yeah. <laughs> Now, you never had the Krang toy, did you? No. Like the, the one with the body? Nope. I didn't either. I, I remember uh, I remember it was bigger than uh, the, like, what is it, the six-inch figures, five-inch figures? Yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah. It's Fernan. <laughs> did you know uh, the same guy, uh, is it Peter Renaday, did um, uh, Vernon and uh, Splinter? Yeah, yeah, isn't that crazy? Yeah. I, it's a pretty good raise right there. Yeah, that is... that's a, impressive. Oh, there's the retro mutagen ray, and Splinter's trying to sneak in there and grab it. <laughs> he had such a funny look. Yeah, that, very good animation there. Yeah. There's a hologram shredder. It was all a trick. Two holograms. Three. Oh. Four. Oh, but you can clearly tell that the... the... Oh, that's a good kick. Yeah. You can clearly tell the, the shredders that are hovering aren't the real one. <laughs> yeah. Well, it fooled Splinter. That's true. It got him. He's smart. Uh, so I, I had this. I was watching this on the projector, uh -huh. and I took a couple of uh, pictures on the 80-inch screen of that fight. With oh, the, cool. Oh, it's awesome. I got some great ones. Oh, man. You're going to have to post those. Yeah, there's there's a couple more. Uh, it, it flashes back to them fighting a couple times. Oh, cool. I always love the showdowns with Shredder and Splinter because, you know, believe it or not, they don't happen very often. Yeah. Very rare. And that's a good thing, because you don't want to see that much. Yeah. You, you really yeah, don't. You, you want to kind of save that. Yeah, yeah. It's sort of like in Star Wars, the lightsaber battles. It's like... Yeah, yeah. Kind of wait for them. Yeah, I mean, you're waiting for that kind of big crescendo between, you know, the major villains. Uh-oh. Krang is... Growing. <laughs> Look how dopey he's acting. <laughs> he runs all awkward. Uh, come here, you toitles. I'll get you. <laughs> It's like Baby Huey. <laughs> I love the music, the the sound. Yeah, it reminds me of the video game a little bit. Oh, it does. Yeah. Uh, what you talking about? Um, Turtles in Time. Yeah, Turtles in Time. Oh, that's great. When he's flying towards the screen. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's cool. That's a good animation right there. Now, why is he wearing a speedo? I don't know. I, I, I guess it looks more like a, a 1980s wrestling. Uh, yeah, he's like Paul doesn't Hogan. it? 
I'm waiting for him to like do the leg drop, you know. <laughs> <laughs> he climbs up there, you know, the seraph is just to drop an elbow. That'd be awesome. <laughs> uh, oh, here we go. The turtle blimp's just about finished. He's inflating it indoors. How's that gonna work? Is he gonna bust through the window? I think he is. Oh, Baxter yeah. has like a opening in the ceiling for some reason. Dang! Crane just punched into a skyscraper. Why? <laughs> I don't understand why. He's... You see a guy in the office like, oh man, I just got this job. <laughs> you pathetic old rat. Man, I like um, Shredder's katana there. I was gonna say that it, it's almost more like a scimitar or something. Yeah, yeah. It's curved. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Oh, Splinter just got him from behind, being right over the head. <laughs> I like how drums. I like how Krang's mouth's always open. Yeah. <laughs> He's like completely surprised. <laughs> yeah. Oh, there it is. That is a cool. That's a cool looking blimp. I, I gotta admit, let's go. Laser cannons. So many toys. Oh, you know, I always wanted a turtle blimp. So did I. Oh. And I think he actually didn't. He actually use parts from the neutrinos hovercraft to build that. Oh, uh, he may have. I don't know. That would make sense. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Here's the King Kong reference. Yeah. <laughs> I love how the news crew comes out of the turtle van, like they're <laughs> right. <laughs> so April finally got her story. <laughs> so the turtles are just uh, running around. Fly, yes. Land, no. <laughs> So, uh, it looks like uh, Leonardo and Donatello are inside of Crane. They went into his shoulder. Yeah. Yeah, to try to disable the uh, the molecular amplification circuits. Right. Tia. <laughs> and he's oh, taking off Crane. Shack on it. No. <laughs> you see Leonardo trying to hack at that thing? Yeah! He's not yeah. even making a dent. It comes back a couple minutes later, he's still going at it. Like... <laughs> So give me about three more hours. Oh, that was awesome. So Splinter just broke uh, Shredder's uh, katana with his uh, his staff. That was awesome. Oh, man. He's still going at it. There he is. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. And then Donatello's like, yeah. He's like, let me show you. Let me, let me show you how it is. Donatello uh -huh. doesn't break stuff. Oh, no. They're going to get shrunk in those gears. You now they're climbing out of the shoulder. I love the, the noise, too. It's like... Whir. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's pretty cool. So they, they jump out from inside uh, Krang as he's starting to shrink down to normal size again. Uh, and they hopped on the glider and landed safely on the ground. Now Krang's normal size, even though he's still bigger than Turtles. <laughs> I love this next scene. So um, he calls for Shredder. Uh-huh. Shredder shows up, and look how they escape. It's ridiculous. Okay. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense at all to me. It's, so this is awesome. Oh, I like oh. this, too. It's got so an electric Shredder, prison. Yeah, it's like a electric force field, and uh, Splinter's stuck in it. I love this. 
He uses his nail to unscrew a loose screw in the floorboards. Huh. Takes the screw and chucks it at the uh, force field generator and breaks oh, it. Oh, that's nice touch. That's, that's like a MacGyver move. Sweet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Without the mullet. Right. I know. That's the only thing I was lacking. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, could you imagine a show with just ordinary turtles? Uh, yeah, I don't think it'd be that exciting. No, no. Like this. Oh, there it is. Tonight I dine on turtle soup. <laughs> oh man, it just blew up. Explodes by hitting it, getting hit by a step. There it is. There's the escape. <laughs> what? What? <laughs> I never understood. That is the first time and last time you'll ever see Krang with uh, plane wings. <laughs> Yeah, the Shredder just hops on Krang's back, playing things come out of nowhere, and there's... Yeah, and then they're gone. Nowhere, like... <laughs> oh, that's pretty funny. I love how they call him The Shredder. Yeah, yeah. So what's Krang doing here with the portal? He's talking to General Trag, and he's got his whole army there. Are they, are they trying to transport them to Earth? Yeah, I think they're trying to bring General Trag in to get uh, uh, pick out the turtles. So. Yeah, that's what's going on, yeah. Couple here they rocks come. And they're shooting. And they're missing. <laughs> and Donatello was playing with the control panel. Oh, man. Got him back in there. They've created a singularity that will consume the Technodrome. <laughs> they better get out of there. That is such a cool animation. That was very good. Wow, that looked really good. <laughs> that was awesome. Not bad for 87. Pulled yeah. itself into Dimension X. Oh, rock dudes! We did it! We won! Yes, but Master Splinter may never be human now. Ah, uh, well. Perhaps it is my karma to live my life as a rat. <laughs> the important thing is that you are safe and we are together. I like that, uh, Splinter's a black belt. That's awesome. Yeah. No. So now I guess they're in Dimension X? Yep. Wow, look at the Technodrome there. It's sinking into like some kind of lava or something? Yeah, like Terminator 2 style. Oh, yeah. And then you just wait for like Shredder's like thumbs up as he goes down. Yeah. Oh, wow, you can see Orokosaki's face again. Oh. He took uh, off his mask. That was crazy. Yeah. Wow, so now Krang, now there's a power struggle. Krang's like, hey, you're in my world now. It's my house. Yeah. <laughs> Now, how are the turtles getting cable down there? Well, no, never mind. It was antenna, wasn't it? Yeah, that's true. Ah, yeah. Oh, my gosh! Yeah, that old lady had it out for him. You know who that was? No. That... Uh, <laughs> I love that redneck guy. I want to be a turtle when I grow up. Yeah. <laughs> um, that old lady was the lady, remember, with the machine gun? Remember the first uh, yeah. first uh, episode where she pulls out the machine gun? Yeah. And shoots the turtles like she throws her shopping cart away and tries to shoot them? Yeah. That was yeah. her. But I fear we have not seen the last of the Shredder or Krang. You're worrying too much, Master. Yeah. I bet we never even hear so much as a peep out of Don't say that, Michelangelo. Stay tuned for tonight's sci-fi chiller thriller killer. Chiller thriller killer. The evil brain from the next. <laughs> I love how they bust out their weapons like they're gonna destroy the TV. <laughs> oh wow! You know, I oh what a good episode. It had a little bit of everything, man. Yep. 
Yeah, so many firsts in this episode, like you said, and, uh, oh, just, just, just great stuff. So much going on. Um, of course, vo- voice acting's great. You got your Bebop and Rocksteady, Krang, he's finally got his body. Um, Shredder has some great lines in this episode. Uh, so they're in Dimension X right now. Um, we get to see the Turtle Blimp for the first time. Uh, animation was very, very good. Boy, it's just a perfect Ninja Turtles episode, in my, in my view. Dude, I was going to say the same thing. Uh, I think this one, I'm going to have to give it the 10. Really? 10. You're going yeah. with the 10, eh? Going with the 10. Wow. You know what? I have to agree with you. I don't think we've seen a better episode yet. Like I, The first one, of course, is great for nostalgic reasons, and you're kind of witnessing history. But I think out of all the episodes in issue one, I think this cliffhanger, and rightfully so, is the best one. Yeah, I mean, you've got, like you were saying, Rocksteady, Bebop, uh, a fight between Shredder and Splinter, which doesn't happen yeah. often, and Krang, and the Technodrome, and Dimension X. I mean, yeah, there's not much else you could have crammed into this one. No, I mean, you're yeah. exactly right. Yeah, I totally agree. And I, I love the little things, too, like in this episode. I love the turtle air. You know, when I was a kid, when I watched this cartoon, I used to be jealous of the turtles because they had such a cool pad, you know, for a sewer. And they're always huddling around the TV and watching, you know, what what uh, April's cranking out for the story after their big battle with whoever they're fighting. I don't know. I, just something kind of cool and cozy about that. I love the fact that, uh, you know, uh, what Splinter says, you know, he's like, you know what? It's more important that you guys are safe than me being a human again. I love that. Uh, I don't know. Just just totally awesome i love this episode and i definitely agree this is a 10 out of 10 for me this is this is the epitome of what the ninja turtles are uh at least as you know from what i remember as a kid um and i think it holds up the animation very very good surprising like when the technodrome kind of implodes the way it does yeah that was impressive (laughs) very impressive then when krang's growing and then when he shrinks back down it's it's, it looks really cool um and not dated at all so, uh, you know, kudos for the animators, uh, kudos for David Wise who wrote this episode, another classic. I can't wait for the beginning of season two. Um, just, just awesome turtle stuff right here. Uh, this was a great episode. I mean, I'm, t- I'm talking about, we covered some great stuff for this episode. Uh, very, very happy with all the stuff we did. Well, Absolutely. Well, not what we did, but you know, the stuff we covered. Yes. Yeah, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we're just hacks, but hey, we added a lot of good content. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Um, oh, uh, real quick, I had a couple couple of quick news items before we uh, oh yeah before we yeah, sign off. We yeah, about that, didn't we? Um, yeah, not not a ton, just a couple things. So um, I did see um, a couple of different articles uh, on the web and on Facebook, and the second Turtles movie has an official launch date of June sixth. 2016. Ah. Uh, so make sure you don't miss it. Uh, they, they have confirmed there's going to be Rocksteady, Bebop, and Baxter Stockman, as well as one of the coolest characters of all time. Take a guess. Casey Jones. Casey Jones. That's right. <laughs> uh, um, can't wait. So uh, Stephen Amell is going to be playing Casey Jones. I'm not familiar with him. I looked him up on IMDb. It looks like uh, he's been in a lot of TV shows, but I didn't see much in the line of movies. So, hmm. um, yeah, that'll be really interesting. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know a thing about him, and I, I should, but I, I, I just don't. I wish I wish uh, Elias Cotillas or whatever would come back. Yeah. Like, oh, you know what would be cool? If, if he played like a cameo role being his dad. Oh, that would be so cool. You know, like, especially in the comics, you know he, how he was an alcoholic and everything. But, uh, uh, oh, man, I, I don't see that happening. But this is a cool, fun thought there. 
Uh, and then they've uh, also uh, revealed that Brian T will carry the uh, uh, Hirometo Japanese for helmet uh, to lead the Foot Clan this time. So there's a new actor for Shredder. Yeah, so, I heard about that. I wonder. Yeah. I wonder why that is. Um, I don't know. But to be honest, uh, I wasn't really big on the actor for Shredder um, in the first one. No, neither was I. Yeah. I wasn't a huge fan. So kind of forgettable. Uh, yeah, that's a welcome change. I'm okay with that. Yeah, I can so. I can dig that. Yeah, definitely. Um, that's all I had for the movie, but uh, as far as uh, news, uh, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Ghostbusters crossover comic um, that that was released uh, relatively uh, recently, they're coming out with a paperback collection of that. So if you did miss them, um, right now uh, they've got it on Amazon Prime. You can uh, pre-order it. Uh, actually, I'm sorry, that one, this one's actually out now. Uh, it was released on April April 21st, so uh, about nine days ago. So, new release. Check that out. Uh, they got it on paperback for $12.64. Wow, that's uh, great. So that, that probably proves that, you know, the, the series or the crossover is over, unless that's just like the first volume. Yeah, I'm guessing that the crossover is probably over. Uh, I saw on ID, uh, IDW's website, they had uh, – um, I think they did a second printing of it, so I think it was pretty popular. It's cool that they're putting that in a book for people who missed it. So right, right. Uh, I'll definitely have to get it because I totally missed it. Yeah. Unless you uh, want me to send, you know, you can send me yours. No, no. no not, come on, I thought we were friends. Sorry, <laughs> um. So uh, the one I was talking about for the pre-order though is actually the uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Volume Eleven Attack on the Technodrome. So this is the. Ah. Uh, the four issues uh, of which issue 44 is the last one. So if you want to see the epic issue 44 that everyone's been talking about, if you missed it, uh, you can get a collected paperback for 14 bucks on June 23rd. Uh, and my birthday is June 20th, and yours is around June, yeah, right? Yeah, June 25th. June, see? How about so, that? So uh, anyone who wants to buy Rob or I this for our birthdays, <laughs> you know, uh, I don't know if Rob wants it. but uh, I don't, You so. know what? I'll tell you what. If you can only buy one... I'd be happy to take it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And then also the uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the IDW Collection, Volume 1. This is a new hardcover um, for the IDW series. So I know issue number one for the currently running IDW series can be a little hard to find. Um, It can be a little bit expensive. There is a 100-penny press version of it. That's only a dollar usually. I've gotten a couple of those before, but... um, this uh, this is a new printing hardback book coming out on July seventh. So um, look out for that. Yeah, a lot of good stuff coming out this summer. Yeah, sweet. Well, Jose, what uh, what kind of pizza are we gonna have to close out this awesome episode? Oh, I was thinking about this earlier, and I, uh, I lost it. I had a really interesting one. Oh. Man, I was thinking about it. Well, we had pizza for dinner, of course, because we're recording Turtle Flakes. That's right. I had some, I had some pizza. Yeah. I had uh, pineapple and bacon, as a matter of fact. Ooh. Weird combination, but strangely, I love it. That's, I think we should go with that. All right. <laughs> All right. You want to close us out, man? I would be honored. All right, dudes and dudettes. Well, here's to hoping you enjoy your pineapple and bacon pizza. Cowabunga, dudes. Cowabunga. They didn't say we'd be there in half an hour. Cause they displayed turtle power Now our ace reporter was hot on the trail 
determined to put these crooks in jail. She spied the bad guys and saw what happened, but before she knew it, she fell in a trap and got caught. Yeah, she was all alone, with no friends and no phone. Now this was beyond her worst dreams, cause she was cornered by some wayward teens. Headed by Shredder, they were anything but good. Misguided on love, they called them the foot. They could terrorize and be angry youth then. They'd mug the people who needed proof. Then from out of the dark came an awesome sound. Shouted cowabunga as they hit the ground. From the field of weeds, the heroes rescued the flower. Cause they possessed turtle power. A battle got the enemy wishing that they stayed at home Instead of fighting these ninja masters with moves like lightning They were once normal, but now the mutants Split is the teacher, so they are the students Leonardo, Michelangelo, and Donatello Make up the team with one other fellow, Raphael He's the leader of the group, transformed from the norm by the nuclear group Pizza's the food that's sure to please These ninjas are into pepperoni and cheese Back to the story, it's not hard to find Ninjas not just of the body, but of the mind Those were the words that the master instructed But a letter from Shredder had splinter abducted That was the last straw, spring into action Step on the foot, now they're gonna lose traction Now this is for real, so you fight for justice Your shell is hard, so you shout, they can't bust us off Like some old coffee table Since you've been born, you've been willing and able To defeat the snake, protect the weak Fight for rights and your freedom to speak Now the villain is chilling so you make a stand Back to the wall, put your sword in your hand Remember the words of your teacher, your master Evil moves fast, but good moves faster than light Shining for your illumination Good versus evil equals confrontation So when you're in trouble, don't give in and go sour Try to rely on your turtle power 